Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Bill Behrens, and I wanted to wish Wrestling Authority Radio on the Evolution Radio Network a happy anniversary. And as one of my clients might say, I hope it's a phenomenal one. I don't know what you had in mind But here we stand on opposing sides Let's go to war Let's go to war! Wrestling Authority Radio, with your host, Chaotic Katie, the voice, Paul Eubanks, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Lock and load, wrestling fans, it's time for war! Welcome one, welcome all, welcome everyone to another loaded edition of Wrestling Authority Radio live on the Evolution Radio Network. We are going live inside the ER right now and already uh, we have some uh, anniversary callers with us. So um, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, he is the legendary Lex Thatcher. 
Good evening, sir, and how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How about you guys? Ah, uh, you know, same old, same old. <laughs> All right. And this your this is your anniversary? Yes, yeah, five years. Yeah, I One got year? Three and a call. Five yeah, years. Uh, five. Oh, five, five years. years. Okay. The 101 shows. I got to go screen a call. <laughs> 101 Let's... shows this year. All right. That's good for you guys. There's some longevity then, right? Let's see, oh, yeah. five years. Uh, so I got you by 53 and a half years. <laughs> you got to run to catch up. Yeah, we'll uh... have to do some catching up. Oh my gosh! All right, and hey, our uh, second our second participant of our uh, what I'm calling a master class has arrived. Uh, he is the uh, announcer, a producer for AAA, and one of the legends of lucha libre himself. Atenega, it's Hugo Savinovich. Mr. Savinovich. Oh, <laughs> hey, thanks for coming in. <laughs> I love having you here. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be with oh. you guys. Passionate people. It will make our business so great. And thank you for uh, entertaining, informing an audience. Uh, this is what it's all about: keeping it real and just living the passion of wrestling. Who tell you? Yes. Well, we we thank you for that, and we do love having you with us. As you know, as I always say. So, what's been going on, Hugo? Just really, really busy. I signed a contract with Space TV. It's part of of Turner Broadcasting System, and they are huge in the Latin American market. They specialize on the pay-per-views of boxing and UFC, but they they took a chance with AAA Lucha Libre, and they signed me, and in less than a year, we have really kicked it, and they, they are so happy. You already signed us for a second year. You're the first guys to to know the news, so we're going on a second year contract. Oh, wow. And yeah, and and we're doing live shows Uh-oh. also on on Twitch. Uh, uh, so it's Lucha Libre, you know, with with the Penta Penta Cero Miedo, oh, with all these guys. Yes, this uh, this uh, uh, the culture of Mexico. Now everybody wants to see the, the Lucha Libre style. It's, it's really really big. And that's what we're selling. That. We're selling that, and we're very happy. Yeah, Absolutely, it's, it's it's awesome. Uh, I mean, you know, when I when I talked to you uh, a week or so back, I had mentioned that uh, I had uh, watched uh, Trip de Mania, and my gosh, I mean, you guys just absolutely killed it this year. It was just probably one of the most phenomenal. Um, Major events that uh, that uh, AAA has ever done. So uh, mm-hmm. kudos to uh, yes. Vampiro and uh, everybody uh, on that uh, crew for an amazing job. Yeah, oh, the yeah. main the, the the main creative uh, person is Conan. Conan is the main uh, uh, oh. the main creative. Conan is the main wow. creative. Then Vampiro is part of the production, but it's, it's on that scale. Uh, uh, it's Conan, it's Vampiro, and the owner, uh, 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 Dorian Roldan, he is, uh, he is part of it, but he is letting uh, Conan and Vampiro, uh, you know, just take it to another level. And in my case, uh, you know, whatever ideas I could help with, 
and I just understand that right now, uh, uh, helping the younger guys. We have we have had matches, the first matches that in the culture of Mexico, when you have an awesome, great match, they throw money into the ring. And we have had first matches that it's been hard for the main events to follow. I mean, we have a new generation of wrestlers or luchadores in Mexico that are, are, are just tremendous. And this is like, like even Rey Mysterio just watches them and says, these guys are just taking our wrestling, our lucha to another level. And it's so great for announcers like me that produce wrestling to to have these guys. I mean, they, they are really, really fantastic. And I just got, I am also a producer and part owner of NGCW out of Orlando. I have the wrestling superstar in Chile. And, uh, uh, and, and we had our third show in uh, Kissimmee just last week. We had Penta. We had, we had his brother. Penta was against Mil Mortis for the World Lucha Submission Championship. Awesome match. And then we had uh, Phoenix. We had Phoenix crowned, uh, crowned himself the Florida Grand Champion against uh, 450 Mecha Wolf. And those guys, they just stole the show. And now I'm working towards November 29th. As you know, the island of Puerto Rico was hit by a hurricane. So I yes, have, yes, uh, it was. It, 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 it's been one year. And there's still so much devastation. So uh, we canceled the show last year. It's called Victoria Media because the island was destroyed. So I'm bringing it back November 29th, and all the profit from the show will stay. 100% of, uh, of what we make there will stay in Puerto Rico to help uh, as many families as we can uh, that, that were devastated. And I have, I have on that card from Ray, Ray Back against MVP. I got the Kings uh, of Extreme from Mexico, Pagano against L.A. Park, which, which if you haven't seen those guys, I mean, they are oh, awesome. They, I mean, they, they, these guys remind me of the of a younger Abdullah the Butcher against Carlos Colon in Puerto Rico. There's no style. Mm-hmm. There's just, there's oh, just ferocity, gosh. passion. And I have them in one of those matches. And I also have a... Oh, oh, oh. I, oh, I better go stream. I, okay, all right. I have... Nope. I, I have... Uh, <laughs> I have uh, Phoenix. I have Phoenix against... Uh, uh, Johnny Mundo and Mecha Wolf. So I have from uh, uh, from the girls. Uh, I got Taya against Ivelisse. Uh, you name it, and and, and then oh all the parts yes. of that show will be to help people. But but every match on the card is just an awesome match. And I I just signed the the Lucha Underground Champion, the the Mott, Martinez. I just signed him up for that for that card, and he will be facing Apollo. Oh. So I'm just happy that I'm able awesome. to give people a great show and all the profit will be to help them. Oh, fantastic. Well, um, we got the uh, next uh, part of our master class in here. Uh, I mean, folks, oh, yeah, this is loaded up. Hugo Savinovich. And joining us now, the uh, owner of uh, the Texas Wrestling Academy, Rudy the Bull Gonzalez. <laughs> How are you doing, guys? Hey Rudy. Hey Rudy, what's up, brother? How you doing, Les? How you doing, Hugo? Good, hanging in there, Rudy. How about yourself? God bless you guys. Uh, Oh, bless you. Did what? For how many cookies? (laughs) (laughs) I missed what you said, darling. Can you say that one more time, just for me and my two percent earring loss? I'm sorry. I just, oh. I'm just taking a break from our training right now. Oh, okay. All right. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have a great show in Puerto Rico for that benefit, the hurricane. 
Okay, boys. What's going on? Everybody went quiet on me. Don't do that. Uh, no, I was just I was just waiting for <laughs> our brothers to 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 speak. Oh, okay. He did. I barely heard him either. Speak a little louder into your into your phone. You guys can't hear me. That's better. All right. There we go. <laughs> I just, I just uh, was telling Hugo. I, I hope he has a good show for that benefit, for that hurricane benefit that he's doing. I hope, it, I hope everything uh, turns out well. Thank you, thank you very much. And I'm just happy that we're able to use uh, uh, the talent of the boys. And and I, I, I am just so excited that uh, the, the island will get a top class uh, show, and at the same time that the profit will be, uh, you know, donated to help uh, people there, Puerto Rico for years was one of the best wrestling markets, and unfortunately uh, it hasn't been the last uh, few years. And I hope that that night will just uh, bring it back. Oh, exactly. I, re- I remember when I was breaking in, uh, Carlos would come in, and he would, and Abdullah would come in, uh, Ayala, Hercules Ayala, was that his name? Yes, Hercules Ayala, the Puerto Rico strongman. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he came, he came down here. Uh, and then in turn, Manny Fernandez would go from San Antonio to to Puerto Rico, and the, the Sheep Herders and Bobby Jaggers, Chicky, Chicky Star was here for a little while. Yes, yes, and, uh, and that's what we're trying to do. I, I will give you uh, also uh, a heads up. I just finished a deal so I could start uh, producing and doing the creative in the Republic of Panama. So. Be on the lookout because uh, uh, I will be I will be helping uh, the young promoter in Panama, and I believe that we're gonna kick some butt there. And it's a lot of people that love wrestling. And uh, he starts tomorrow with Carlito on the card, and then the next one he'll have Sabio. We'll we'll break the news officially tonight at midnight on the Lucha. I have the page on Facebook. It's called Lucha Libre Online. We are the number one Lucha Libre page in the world. We have 500,000 uh, followers on. On, on Facebook, on Lucha Libre Online, and we're going to just uh, use that to – we help everybody. I mean, we're not, we're not against anybody. We talk, we talk about WWE, Ring of Honor, uh, the, the opposition to the company that I'm working in Mexico, Consejo Mundial de Lucha Arena Mexico. I mean, I don't care. I just want everybody to do good. I, I don't go into uh, stupid rivalries. I just want the, the boys and the, and, and the girls to have a place to work and the fans to have good – exactly. to enjoy it all, all over the world. Exactly, exactly. Right. Well, you know what, fellas? You talk about that, and, um, well, we talked a little bit about it last night, and I think we should go ahead and let's um, let's look at the five 500-pound elephant in the room all in. Uh, that show, if, any, if anything changed the landscape of our industry, it did, because you look at the fact that, here we go um, with, A, a bunch of guys from uh, different companies all working together. No no egos. It was run by the boys for the boys. And then um, when you look at the fact that it's brought a lot of people out to the forefront and to the attention of more of the wrestling public, and the reason that I can definitely say that is uh, – if you guys happened to see it a couple of days ago, um, it was it was a it was a big D 
deal at uh, the announcement was made that uh, Joey Janela is going to have to have knee surgery and is going to be out of action for about a year. Now, two years ago, outside of the East Coast, practically nobody had heard of Joey Janela. Now, suddenly, he's, you know, like a household name just because just because of this one event. So, let's, you know, so why don't we go ahead, let's kind of broach that subject a little bit as far as, you know, what All In did, may have done to the landscape of the wrestling business. Yeah, and I, I don't know if you're aware of that, but the company that I have in Chile, Wrestling Superstar, uh, WWE was not going to South America for over six years until I opened up Chile, and I was starting to have the shows like the Hardys facing the Young Bucks, uh, Randy Sperry on the car, RBD, Tommy Dreamer, Chavo Guerrero, and just having guys from different companies and creating uh, uh, an atmosphere of just awesome matches with no egos, and we were selling out, and uh, it was just an enjoyment. And I can also believe that what uh, Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega did, it's also telling the boys that, you know, they have to also, uh, you know, get their vision bigger that, uh, you know, it's not that you have to work for a promotion. You know, you have to become your own brand. And that's what I teach my guys. You know, you have to, you have to start developing the, your, the mind of a promoter even when you're still working because this will also protect you because promoters will say, wait a minute, if I don't treat these guys right, they will just run their own shows. In Mexico, for an example, in Mexico, you have sometimes in one day, you will have like seven, eight, ten different wrestling events, huge. And some of the guys work like two or three times a day, and, and some of these guys get, get paid the same as in the States or even more. A lot of the stars there make huge money, and they run, most of them run their own shows, or they work for like AAA, and they're booked, uh, they're booked in, so many, in so many places, and yet uh, they have their own merchandise, uh, they know how to distribute their, their own uh, product, and this is good. I think All In uh, also gave the fans an opportunity to see different mindsets, different styles, and the respect of the industry with the vision of the, of the boys, not of a promoter, of a creative uh, booker, but how wrestlers think fans should see a show. And, and I even understand that they were trying to get the Batista to come in under, under the, the what, what's that, one of those uh, the dress of somebody. I don't remember if it was one of the a bear or something. I don't remember. But they were even trying to surprise the people bringing Batista into that show. So when you had Jericho dressed up as Penta Cero Miedo, that's already showing there was no egos because Jericho, such a great worker, he was willing to go with the Penta, and, and Penta himself was doing the, 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 the painting on the face uh, that covers that part of the, the mask that is it's his skin. So it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think to take it in a different direction, uh, the one thing about uh, Cody and Nick's match, first of all, the buildup uh, was very classy. It was professional. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like it was two competitive athletes, and it made the title important. There was no uh, dog and pony show, you know, no crazy hype, nobody screaming and hollering. But the the ten pound of gold buildup, I think, w- was uh, different enough from all the other promotions that it stood out. And then 
these guys, it, it wasn't, you know, if you, if you grade these matches in stars, it wasn't a five-star match or anything like that. But it showed that the match, the importance of the title, the importance of the two performers was over. And when they got in the ring, they already had the people, and they didn't have to go out there and do a million things. They didn't have to put their health on the line, as it were, to get over because the idea of these two guys for that title was already over. Yes, I agree. I agree. Because there was also the sentimental value of him doing what the, the American Dream did, uh, did with, the, with the belt. So it was a good storyline, too. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Rudy, please weigh in. I, I agree with both of them, and they're exactly right. Yeah, I mean, I loved it. And and they even actually uh, continued. They told the story even uh, even with the with the dressing rooms um, because they had they because um, on Twitter uh, Cody showed um, a uh, he he did a pan shot of the elite dressing room sign and then panned over to the sign for the Legends dressing room and on the Legends dressing room door was a picture of his dad. Yeah. It was beautiful. And it really was. I yeah. cried. Uh, I, I'll admit it, I teared up too. You know. Yeah, if, very any, nice. anybody, if, if anybody knows me and they know that I really, really love the dream. Um but from a fan's perspective, and that's who I am for this show, I will say that All in One was unlike anything I have ever seen, and I truly hope they do it again. Because uh, never, I mean, never mind its money, it's just everybody coming together. And, and like Hugo said, absolutely no ego, no nothing, just everybody there for one thing, to entertain the fans. Yes, yes. And to tell, and to tell a story. Go ahead, Eagle. Yes, <laughs> I was blessed that uh, when when the NWA was the main the main organization in the world, many people ignore that Vince's father was part of the NWA when when it was Worldwide Wrestling Federation. He was one of he was mm-hmm. on the committee as a Chris Van Eric as the Lutero family in Puerto Rico. Uh, I mean, in Mexico, the the other promoter of Cuatro Caminos in Mexico that was before Triple A and. Uh, from the Inoki guys to the Babas to Carlos Colon in Puerto Rico, all the companies. That was it, NWA. And I was blessed to do the Spanish broadcast of the NWA when it was filled. I was there at the time that uh, Jim uh, Crockett was the owner out of out of uh, Charlotte, and we used to do the mm-hmm. live interviews. That was the, that was the time that, that you could not waste time because they would have to go immediately to a show. So you did the promos. Boom, boom, boom. And I remember that I had the first interview NWA before Jimmy Boogeyman Valley went to Puerto Rico. He comes in dancing while I'm doing the Spanish interview. Aquí está Jimmy Boogeyman Valley. And this guy will come in dancing and all that. And he took me and, and, and gave me a kiss. And the kiss was his tongue went inside my mouth. And, uh, and, and and, and this is, I, I cannot cut the promo. This is this is like uh, live happening to push the show. 
And 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 on the side is Dusty Rhodes. It's Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And now oh. I have, and now I have to take this. The whole place, uh, I could just see from the back of my, my the guys are just, they're going bananas because they knew what what Boogeyman was doing to me. And I, you know, and, and right I have to, and then I have to, I have to get myself Here together and tongue. remember, re- remember to paraphrase what he was saying. It was just crazy. But NWA at its peak, there, there was there was no better show than NWA at that time. NWA was was it. Yeah. Oh, like, um, right on. The, that's a sloppy kiss if I ever heard of one. Right on the mush with Tom. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Beauty, eh? See, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, oh, my gosh, Hugo. That's, uh, yeah, that's uh, a lot of uh, what's also in that, uh, in uh, Tim Hornbaker's book, uh, Death of the Territories, uh, which we had uh, Tim on a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we and we talked a lot about how, there was just really massive cooperation between all the promoters at that time and how fluid the NWA was as an enterprise and that. And yes, it's yes. Yeah, we I was there at the at the Starcade that started it all. I was managing Ooh. Abdullah the Butcher. I was managing Abdullah the Butcher. Oh, and right that on. was right. it was it, yeah, it was Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh it was a snowstorm for two days. And the place was jam-packed. And I remember one of my friends, a sergeant from the Army, Arnaldo Torres, he was coming three hours away. And when the promoter, when Jim, when Jim Crockett said to me, uh, says to me there's, a Puerto Rican, there's a Puerto, he says, there's a Puerto Rican uh, sergeant that says that he's your friend, that you invited him, and he came three hours away on, on a motorcycle. And uh, he was on a motorcycle. And he came to see that match, and and after he saw the shuttle, uh, the sergeant said to me, "I would not even care if, if I will if I will lose my leg." This night was the most incredible night I have witnessed in my life, and that was Starcade. Starcade was what what made wrestling what it is today. Oh, without yeah. a doubt. Absolutely. Without a doubt. All right. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, you know. And of course, unless you were you were around for uh, for a few of those too. Um, Actually, I was uh, on board for uh, before that. I I left the territory in '77, but I uh, uh, well, I was there through George Becker as a booker. George Scott as a booker uh, was in the office after Mr. Crockett died, and um, oh, yeah, it was a. It was a great territory. You're talking about Puerto Rico. The first time I worked San Juan was for Eddie Graham because, uh, you know, uh, before Carlos began running the island, uh, it was run out of the Tampa office. We'd fly over and work for uh, San Juan and then uh, back out the next day. So, yeah, uh, you know, I've been around the block once or twice and um, (laughs) kind of, you know, watched all this stuff develop and actually, you know, but, uh, yeah, you know, the whole deal, uh, the, the Crockett Territory uh, was an amazing uh, territory, for well, for many years. I first worked there in 1963, uh, but when Danny Miller and I went in as a number two babyface team in 71, and, and I wow. was there, I was there through that, uh, and then transitioned to the tele to television and uh, in the office and handled helped handled public relations and stuff too. 
but um, wow. it was it, just a great organization right across did you the board. Happen to, did you happen to work with Red Bastine? Yes, yes. Yes, he helped me. I was a rookie at 16 years old, and he went to work in Puerto Rico for the promoter, not Carlos Mendoza, Arturo Mendoza, and that guy, God bless him, I, I was just a rookie, but I did speak English, and he said, just follow me, kid, and I don't know how he did it, but somehow he made me look like a wrestler, and that was, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, Red was an amazing, uh, amazing worker, um, and I yeah. use the term worker uh, because there's very few workers today. <laughs> there's a lot right. of uh, yes. a lot of acrobats and a lot of flyers, but not you know, not not somebody that can build a story on the fly. And that was obviously uh, the artistry of of our time. And Red was one of the great right. artists of that time. Yes, yes. What a what a master. What a master. Yeah. And now there you go. Now you bring you bring up another another great point there, and that's and that's the concept of being a worker. Um, you know, uh, we have we have a lot of guys that uh, um, to use the term that uh, Jeff Hardy has used in promos in the past, uh, dilapidated spot monkeys. But oh. trying Takes to tell, one to know you know, one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Hey. Uh, you know what? You got you got no argument with with me on that one, Les. That's that's for sure. And, and um, I'm not saying that in, in a disrespectful way. I I like Jeff, but Jeff, Jeff. Uh, is all about you know. It's the crazy thing is uh, Matt's body is breaking down faster than Jeff's, and Jeff was the one yeah, that right. took well. He took more risk than Matty did. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. That's, Indeed, that he did. He, sh- Jeff Jeff was more of a high flyer. Jeff was. Jeff was almost suicidal, okay? Kamikaze didn't really look where he was jumping, didn't care what was underneath him, below him, around him. He proved it hell on a cell by swinging from the cage. People say that he slipped. No, he let go. That bugger let go and fell, okay? So yeah. you're right. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not his spine. But, you know, when, when we're, talk, we're talking about the, the artistry of, of a worker, back when I broke into business, Everybody had to be a worker because everything was called in the ring. I know, uh, well, Rudy and I have worked together. We see very much eye to eye, me being the old grizzled veteran, Rudy being the young upper start. Right, Rudy? The young buck. The young buck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. But uh, the thing of it is, uh, I know that both of us, if you start uh, training with either one of us, you will learn to call a match in the ring or you probably won't get out of the gate because it's, you know, there are times that things come up and you have to shift gears whether you want to or not. If someone uh, just, you know, pulls a hamstring or something and, and can't do some big elaborate thing, uh, you, you can't stop the match and say, well, can we go back to the dress room and talk this over? You've got to shift gears on the fly. So uh, regardless of what, WWE wants or, or Ring of Honor or anybody else, uh, you know, you need to have that aspect of the business down because it, at some point it, you may need it or else you're going to look really bad. Yeah, right, and I also right. believe that that's, that's, that's the art of our business. And yes. my biggest, my, my biggest uh, uh, conflict is uh, right now with the, with the high flyers is how can I – 
not take all what they do, but cut it in half and have them tell a story where they get they get used to listening to the people and and not have to everything they do be staged in a dressing room, but to flow with the fans. And this is this has been hard, but I'm getting I'm getting this, and 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 the results are are fabulous. A, a lot of my shows are are solid because the fans get into it. When everything is just rehearsed from the beginning to the end, uh, you know you're not going by what the people are are asking for. And and to me that that is that is a fresh commodity to be able to tell that story in the ring. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, that's the thing. You can have uh, two two wrestlers can have a match that blows the roof off a building in one town tonight. Take that match 100 miles down the road, and the people sit on their hands. So they've got to be able to change that match or at least change part of it and and speed it up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that and, and, again, so many of these kids, uh, and Rudy will tell you the same thing, you work with in, in uh, these training camps. And they've been taught by somebody who choreographs everything. And when you tell them to go out there, uh, okay, you got five minutes. Here's the finish. Give me a match. They're lost. I mean, they, they have got, no they clue got, how to build it on the flyer. Yeah, they got and that's why you have that's why you have all this frustration right now in the business because uh, they they uh, they are not they're not able to to create or or improvise. And, and, you know, uh, some of the things we were talking about, the New Japan guys. And to me, uh, the, the two things that I if, I, if I really want to watch something that's close to what we're talking about, it's going to be NXT or New Japan. Uh, one of my big, you know, now I can enjoy Tanahashi and uh, Omega or Okada and, and whoever. But one of the things these guys, again, the problem with their story is they if they're going 35, 40 minutes, they start selling a, uh, a leg five minutes in, or they start uh, using finishers to kick out of too early. So it's like putting the mm-hmm. tail end of the story at the front, and it's it's ass backwards to be quite frank about it. Yeah, and totally they can backwards. even they even need to refine their, what they're doing, quite frankly. Yes, yes, and and that's the reason why. Uh, the Japanese uh, industry went down from where they were. When, when I was in the ring, uh, and I still did some wrestling, I was managing Abdullah. I went to Japan to wrestle, and they were wrestling in the big buildings. I wrestled uh, the first match. I think it was uh, uh, Steve, uh, uh, no, Roger Kirby, uh and me against, uh, I don't remember if it was uh, Johnny Mantel and, and somebody else. I can't recall. But it was Roger Kirby. people. Yeah. Is that what you said? People. Yes, Roger Kirby. Yeah, Kirby and I were partners for four years, and uh, wow. we grew up in the business together. Yeah. Wow, beautiful, beautiful guy. There, wow. there was 40,000 40, people, and somehow the Inoki Company and Baba Company, they started going to the craziness of doing that, that story, of having those impossible uh, hard finishes during the match as a spot. And and then the rest of the match didn't mean anything because they already like killed themselves with half shoot uh, suplexes and then when they went home it was like you know nothing big because they gave it everything at the beginning and they yes. went from selling out the big building into the TV was paying them so much money 
they lost the the the, the, the fans, the TV, because the product was was no longer attracting people. They they didn't see the the logic on 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 the product, and 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 hopefully they'll get it back. Yeah. Well, let me give a shameless plug for Rudy Gonzalez and Les Thatcher. If they'd like a couple guys to actually teach them how to tell a story, <laughs> we're both available for booking. Very good, very good. And it's so, so beautiful that we have passionate people that care about uh, uh, producing the right talent uh, for the industry. This industry needs those guys. Because those are the guys that give the fans wrestling. Everything else is good, but you still sell wrestling. You want to be a professional wrestler, but are tired of waiting to hit the ropes? You feel like you're ready to wrestle in the main event just by watching an episode of SmackDown? Well, come to the Codge Hills Wrestling Alliance, where no experience is necessary. Step in our ring spend as much for as little time as you want. Get yourself ready, and we'll book you in all our events. Only you know best when you're prepared to conquer the world. Don't spend months and years slaving under arrogant prima donna veterans who have you pay to put up and take down the ring. Join us, CHWA, and you'll be wrestling front millions when we broadcast your matches live online. CHWA, where training is optional because we share your desire to live your fantasy right now. Cause today. There's too okay, many people out there getting taught. There's too many people being out there taught that way. What the hell was that? That was actually a real company here in Illinois last. Jesus Christ, Rudy. <laughs> Rudy, did you faint after hearing that or what? I don't know what that was. <laughs> it was uh, it was a clown. That actually probably needs uh, to sign up at the Rex, uh, Texas Wrestling Academy would be my guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there was, we it was one of our. Yeah, we lost Rudy. Oh, shoot. We'll get him back. Oh, I he, freaked, he, comes back. he freaked out. He freaked out. <laughs> he probably passed. He probably, I, I almost fainted. He probably passed. But you see, that's there. I mean, therein lies. Uh, Hugo's talking about promoting in a professional manner because he has the background. Rudy has a background. I have a background. There are more pseudo, let me say that again, pseudo trainers and promoters. Oh. And I, I, I make a joke of it to Rudy all the time. I say there's more of them than there are of us, and their numbers are growing every day. But the sad truth is that is the truth. I mean, uh, and yeah. there's so many kids out there that think because they've got a set of kick pads that they're wrestlers and they're they're anything but. Katie Green. Okay, I'm going. Sorry, my aunt messaged me. <laughs> when it's your favorite aunt, you can't say no. Okay. I think um, that, I think I think that's Rudy back again. Hopefully. Make sure though. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know that is uh, that is a legitimate company. And now they are hooked up with a so-called training school. Every, you know what? Almost every independent promotion has a school, uh, but the problem is they don't have actual trainers. You know, you can only. Here's the thing: you can only teach what you know, what you've done. 
I can read a book on how to climb Mount Everest. I played two years of high school basketball. Can I get you ready for the National Basketball Association? Absolutely not. And that's the same with some of these trainers. You know, I've had a few matches in front of a few people, and uh, I'll teach you. But they themselves don't know what the hell they're teaching. Exactly. It's the blind leading the blind. Somebody gets it. Hallelujah. And and the bad thing is that the guys that are paying for these trainers to train them, they don't know until after the fact, until after they paid, after they get in. Then they do these super camps like, you know, for example, when me and uh, Les do these camps for Danny Cage, we get guys in the ring all the time and just doing a simple spot. And they struggle, you know, footwork, and they run the ropes the wrong way, and they're in the wrong place. And and uh, we'll ask them. You know, the first thing we ask them is, you know, who trained you? And it never fails. They'll always come up with, uh, I got trained by, you know, somebody you've never even heard of. And, th- and that's what you get. That's exactly what you get. They don't know what they're doing. The guy that trained them doesn't know what he was doing. And and uh, they just drop their money. Uh, so. Uh, and then, and well, then if you're the someone like me, is, I, I, well, saw this on, I saw this on Facebook the other day, Rudy. Uh, Kansas City Wrestling Extreme is offering $100 training. Oh. Well, you get what you, you can't wow. buy a Cadillac for the price of a Chevrolet. Uh-huh. There's no. If I, if, if I see a sign like that, or a I, would be, I, would, I would run as fast as I can away from that. Because if you're going to put your neck on the line, your body, or your future, just because they're going to charge you $100, you might as well stay home and not even bother with that. Uh, yeah, I was shocked and perplexed to even hear it. I mean, uh, read it on Facebook. I was like, I, I had to look at it twice. I was like, are they missing a zero? Like, am I missing something here? And the... the, uh, the uh... The, the, the set, the, the scary part about the whole thing is that back in the day, I was I was taught by you know a guy you know back in the day you were told if you see something that's wrong, if you know it's wrong, then say something. Don't don't just let it you know if, if a guy doesn't make a mistake, tell him he made a mistake. If I make a mistake, someone's gonna tell me I made a mistake. Now it's like you know there's there's guys that are. Uh, you know, just let them go. Just let them live their dream. Let them go and do that. Don't worry about it. It's not affecting you. It does affect me. It affects me a great deal because those are the guys possibly that we're letting slide in and what have you and not say anything. Those are the guys that are possibly going to work with me or one of the guys that I train and possibly hurt them. Bingo. And, bingo. You know? Bingo, bingo. And, and so, I mean... You know, this pro, at one point, pro wrestling was a privilege to be part of. It was, you know, you had to find someone to train you. You had to, you know, work hard. You had to pay your dues and the whole nine yards. But now it's like, let them go. Let them live their dream. Don't let them, don't bother them. Let them try it. Give them a chance. Give them, oh, you know, and that's, and that's. Just that's have why. fun out there. That, that, yeah. Have fun. Buy some beef jerky to, while you're at it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, here's here's the thing too. These kids, you know, I think a major problem is they know now it's it's a show. It, it, oh well, I can be an actor. That can't be too hard, right? So they come in. What they think is they're smart to the business to start with. 
Uh, of course, they're not, but that's you know that's the mindset they walk in with. When I when I right. started in the business in 1960, I tell kids today, I started my training in Boston in February 1960. I had my first match July the 4th, 1960. Uh, when do you think they smartened me up? July the 4th, 1960, because they weren't <laughs> going to make you smart until they were sure you were going to stick. And um, truth, you know, and I'm not saying this, that we're tough and they're not, but you know, the type of training that I had to do to break into this business, a huge percentage of the kids in the business today would have lasted a couple of weeks and they would have gone home. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. and now I, and when I say that, I'm not saying we need to go out and kick kids' ass. I don't mean that either. But, uh, you know, there is a thing called respect, and that was the first thing that we were all taught was to, you know, you could either you could either on your own be respectful or somebody would hand you your ass and make you respect. What was your choice? Exactly. Or yeah, you I remember. I, yeah, I remember. I remember that back then, I was I was supposed to pay twenty five bucks a week, and in, in that in that time, uh, twenty five dollars, you know, was for a young kid. That was uh, every week. Yes, and not only that, but I had to sweep the floor of the gym, and when they had yeah. those small shows on the weekend, I was supposed to be there. One hour before to start getting ready uh, to put things in the truck, the ring, and everything. And after the show was over, bring the ring right back. And the only thing that a promoter gave me was whatever plate of food, what I eat, or a sandwich. And 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 the next day I could not be late for training. And on Friday, my twenty-five dollars I had to pay. You know, so so it, it wasn't it wasn't easy. And oh, it was a privilege. That was putting the ring up and bringing it down, and it was it was just an honor. And I thank God for the opportunity that they gave me to to love and respect this business. Yes, absolutely, I agree 100. percent And that, and that's part of the thing too. These kids think, well, I I've been training, uh, you know, two weeks or three weeks. Uh, I'm and, and you know the crazy thing is some of these kids are put out and shows, you know with a half dozen uh, training sessions by someone who doesn't know what the hell they're teaching. So, I mean, as Rudy said, these guys are dangerous. Whether they know it or not, they may not be uh, Danny Hodge or Harley Race, but they're more dangerous because they have no clue how, what they're doing, and they just, you know, you know, get out there and go. They have, they have no idea. That's no. Because the guy that broke them in doesn't have any idea either. Yeah, some some of the one of the craziest stories I ever heard is uh, a few years ago working with uh, this kid and he just you know it was obvious he didn't know it and I said well let me ask, who trained you uh, the original assassin one of the original assassins I said Tom Renesto or Joe Hamilton oh no uh, and he gave me some name like Billy Smith or something right and I said sorry <laughs> no you you know, I mean, but that's the thing, too. Some of these idiots, will, you know, they tell these kids, well, you wouldn't know because I wrestled under the mask. So, I, you know, you you know, you know, wouldn't know who I was, but I, I was so-and-so and so-and-so. But, uh, you know, and the other thing is these kids, well, we train once a week or we train once a month. You cannot do this. You know, the, the reason there were so many great workers come out of the 60s and 70s or, or even before that, um, 
is because they were in the ring five, six nights a week with guys. Uh, you know, every time we changed territories, it was like going to a new school. You, uh, you know, you work with uh, guys who were veterans, legitimate veterans, not just, you know, some kid that's worked at the, the local um, flea market once a month, and he's the world heavyweight champion or some damn thing. So, uh, right. you know, and, yeah. and when, when I say this, the, again, these kids are, you know, they don't know. And uh, until they work with somebody like Rudy or myself or Tom Pritchard or Rip Rogers or somebody actually who's a legitimate trainer and has been to the dance, uh, they don't have a clue that they don't know. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I, like I said, I just uh, before I announced it officially tonight at midnight, I, I will go live on Facebook or Lucha Libre Online. I already told you that I just did the deal with a promoter in in Panama. And that was one of my first. My my, you know, what I I asked him, are you willing to commit uh, to send me uh, videos of your the talents that you have? It's twenty guys, and I said I'm going to look at the matches. Do my notes, and then I said three days before the first big show that I do in January, I'm gonna bring uh, Sabio Vega, Pablo Marquez, who's a trainer at main event uh, in Florida, and and let them work with the guys. I'll have my notes and see the, what they need to improve the most, so they will have this special training. They have three days to work out before the actual show. Because if you have a a, a big house and and the fans sit and they see a bad product, it doesn't matter how good of a promoter you are, creative, or how good you're in a mic, narrating a match, if they if they see something that is not good, I mean, you're not going to be able to sell that product. So I always try to make sure that I strike a deal with the condition that we're going to have a professional trainer. And I don't, I don't include myself in that because my vision is to create characters, to create the, the, the right storylines to do the, you know, I do everything on the outside, but you need a real trainer inside that has the mindset to educate, you know, to bring, to give birth to a wrestler in this, you know, rookies. And, and to me, I, I gotta, I gotta learn what I, what I know. It's, it, it's, it's my capacity and never try to do what a real trainer is supposed to do because they're blessed to do that. And, and if we respect, we respect each other's ability then we work as a team. I do my part, the trainer does his part, and then the people that do the marketing do their part, then everything will work well. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. You know what? Hey, that's 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 a great that's a great point. In fact, um, actually uh, that brings up to mind a great question. Let's uh you know, and a, and a subject to kind of broach into here. And uh, that's a little bit about uh, developing a guy's Character is gimmick and that. You know, let's let's kind of let's. We got we got company. We got company. Oh my gosh, she actually made it. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, added to the conversation uh, so that uh, we're no longer just a uh, boys club. Uh, we have uh, one of the glow girls with us. Uh, welcome, Angel. Angel. Hello, boys. <laughs> Yay. So glad. And there's a lot of us. So, I'm so glad I finally have a girl on my team to sit here and listen to the boys babble, as I said. Okay? It, it's, hard. Oh my gosh. it's hard to be the only girl. It really is. 
It's hard. Well, I don't know. Sometimes the guys are worse than the girls, I'll tell you that, because they just blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, 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 tonight it's a bag of chest hair. Okay, big bag of chest hair. <laughs> big bag oh of chest hair. Is there such a thing? Is there such a thing as sexual harassment in reverse? I mean, hey now. Can we can Doesn't we get the matter. FBI? Can we get the can we sue or get the FBI to check these damn people? You're acting. Hey now, you're acting like I. You're acting like I slapped your Okay, you guys are acting like I just ran up and slapped your tushy repeatedly. Oh, okay, boy. come on. <laughs> <laughs> you better not. Well, you hey, both wife might well, be a little upset. <laughs> there you go. You know, I was just talking about a guy I raped in high school, so. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, my. Wait, did I hear we there. Uh, of course I did. Uh, yes, she did. No, well, we've got uh, we've got Hugo Savinovich with us, Les Thatcher, uh, Rudy Boy Gonzalez. Uh, you've got Steve here. You've got Sean. I'm Sean, and uh, you got wow. Katie. So we've got a party. Excellent. Sounds like a party. Yeah. And this is your anniversary, right? It is our anniversary. Five years. Five year anniversary. That's awesome. 101. 101 shows. Yay. Wow. Congratulations, because uh, to Ah. have the spirit, the spirit, and and to be be professional and to set up your mind that you're going to stay the course and it's five-year anniversary and you are doing it for the good of our business, I congratulate you guys. God bless you guys. Oh, thank and you. Bless you. you congratulations. God bless thank you. And here's to five more, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 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 And here's to hoping that everybody that was with us last night and everybody that's with us tonight is going to live another five years. Some of these people are old. <laughs> You can just stop. I'm right up hey, there with him. watch it. <laughs> but, okay. He watch thinks he can talk like that because he's the youngest on the panel since, tonight. Since, okay. since, I'm the senior, since I'm the senior member, if you want to make this memorable, I'll just croak on the air. How's that? <laughs> oh, no. Don't you even, even. <laughs> Oh. I thought he was going to start riveting. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a great finish. What? Something, you know, Vince can't even top that. Well, I, I can't. Okay, the only thing I've really done on, on air was I tased myself on air by accident. I got a taser and decided I, because we didn't have a sound clip, I was going to use my actual taser. And, uh, yeah, I got myself live I'm on air. I'm watching that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, that's not very smart. <laughs> that's not my teaser. No, it's not very smart. <laughs> yeah. Did it feel good? <laughs> that was, oh. Yeah. What, it, it, yeah. What about it, what about this question? This question. Mild. In, five, in five years, hit me with one awkward moment that you guys had at the top one in five years. Um, you've been probably, there. probably when Casey Carlisle got pulled over on air. Oh yeah! Oh my God! Oh yeah! <laughs> for driving yeah. while talking on the phone. <laughs> no, we, for we, cheating. 
Yeah, we've wow. also had guests. We've also had guests go through drive-throughs, all kinds of stuff. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, do you guys <laughs> pay? Do you guys pay tickets if your uh, guest is driving and gets pulled over for talking on their phone? No. Well, well you know. Pay. Well, okay. no. you know what? She actually, you, you'll make she a great actually, promoter. I can I can see a lot of future. <laughs> <laughs> I already am a promoter, Les. I already am a promoter, and uh, I've had some good success at it. But uh, you, you've learned well. You've learned well. <laughs> yeah. good for hand-free devices. <laughs> Never yeah, mind. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I know. Well. The good the good thing is I actually it seems like when when Casey told the officer what she was doing that she was actually doing an interview the he had he he had he was like, Oh, okay, well just be careful and uh go on. Yep. <laughs> Carry on, dear, basically, you know. <laughs> Carry on. Um, I'm yeah, doing an interview, that's why I'm going fast. <laughs> yeah. We need we need we need someone to get full out arrested on air is what we need. <laughs> that happened already, if you remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Oh yeah, it did too. It did. Yeah, it did and we even promised to never speak of it again, I remember. Uh, <laughs> we are gonna be joined tonight, uh, as well as this incredible panel we already have with us. We do have confirmed appearances by one half of the Killer Bees and the Cauliflower Alley Club president. Yeah, my buddy. D. Brian Blair. Nice. I love D. Brian Blair. Yeah. Let's see who can make. Yeah. You see, him and I, him and I have this, him and I have this little game to see who can make who blush more. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you'll see. You'll see. Just saw Brian this past weekend. We were at yeah. the. Uh, Tennessee uh, Wrestling Legends uh, reunion in, in Gallatin, just north of Nashville. Nice. Oh, wow. Uh, we will be joined by former WCCW star and WCW star, and he even had some time in WWF for a while, Sam Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Uncle Sam. Where are you? Uh, <laughs> Sam. We will be joined by the Patriot Del Wilkes. We have another mm-hmm. mystery caller Uncle tonight. Pal. They'll be calling in. Is this one going to make me squeal like a girl? I don't know. We'll find out. And, yeah, well, uh, I'm not and many more. a girl. I'm just not a girl. Yeah. So that's yeah, so our, I mean, that is our five-year anniversary uh, tonight. And if you didn't hear it at the beginning of the show, we played uh, Bill Barron's bumper. And uh, Bill said yeah. that he wished us another five phenomenal years, courtesy of his client, mm-hmm. Angel Styles. Well, that would be awesome. I think that you should have yeah. an anniversary every month, right? <laughs> Anything to get us all on here. And Let me forewarn you guys here. We're, ha- we're, having, we're having storms here, and okay. uh, my lights have flickered. So if if you lose me... I, I didn't oh, actually sorry. die. It's just that the, the electricity <laughs> died. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Uh, oh, but you see, you know, you know, you know what I love that even though uh, we're talking about a serious, you know, matter about dying, but the passion what? 
of a, of a passion of a wrestler, of a worker. That is our sense of humor. A lot of people huh? don't, cannot, you know, they don't understand that. But that's just the way that we see things. And to us, you know, that's 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 a wrestling life. Also. Absolutely. Yeah. Here you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Les, have you got any uh, seminars coming up? I, I, I no, but I'll take one. Do you want to book me? No, I, I actually. <laughs> No, I don't have anything uh, lined up for for the rest of the year, but uh, I am available. I'm, you know, it's uh, more than happy to uh, to work. In fact, my creditors uh, are kind of pushing that issue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh my goodness! Hey, the bills do not pay themselves, do they, Les? <laughs> no, well, you know, us young guys trying to make it in the business, we uh, we have to, you know, pick up work when we can. And um, a friend, a friend of mine said today uh, that uh, things are so tough that uh, they will probably work up to lunchtime the day they bury him, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> the the, the retirement the thing is a myth. Take my word for it. <laughs> yeah, and you can take Terry Funk's word for it too. Well, oh. Ter- Ter- but Terry's a a rich ranch owner or property. Well, actually, not anymore. That's all. He's so- they sold the ranch, but uh, you know, uh, yeah. Ter- Terry's in good. Sh- Terry's in good shape. Were you in his property when uh, at those at those years? Uh, Terry would would drink and he would take you around Amarillo. Drink and then uh, the cops will not stop him on 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 his on on, on that crazy you know uh, vehicle. No, I, I never. Him. You know, I I never worked Amarillo. Uh, it's a funny, a quick funny story. Uh, number uh, I can't remember what year, but uh, all three of the funks were in the Carolinas, uh, senior and junior and, and Terry uh, in for like I think it was like a Thanksgiving week, so they were in for several days. And so anyway, I picked him up at the hotel. We went to a movie and at lunch. And Senior said to me, Les, you know, you and Terry ran around together in Tampa and so forth. Uh, you get along with Junior. You never come to Amarillo. I said, Senior, let's look at this uh, constructively. I said, you're a baby face, right? Yes. Terry's a baby face. Junior's a baby face. Ricky Romero is a baby face. Yeah. I said, then oh, the best I can do is number five. He said, I get your point. And was... <laughs> Seriously? Holy baby yeah. face, Batman. Terry will drink, getting his pickup. The cops will not stop him back then. And he will, hit, oh and he will come in. He will come in into his property and, and, and on purpose. He will hit one of the one of the trees. He will do that. And, I mean, I don't know how many cars he destroyed. He loved to hit the trees with his truck. I had a friend it was like crazy. that. Yeah, well, just uh, the funk. I, the I, funk, had, yeah. funk. I had a Fantastic. friend like that. His father owned a used car dealership, and he used to steal cars from his dad's dealership. And he hated his father, so he'd smash him up and then park him back in the dealership. Wow. Oh, you know one of the biggest <laughs> one of the one of the biggest treasures that I have is that I was able to come up in the business and 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 spend time with the real warriors, you know, the the business, the legends. And if you were careful and polite, 
you know, you will learn a couple of things just by being around them. And 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 they like Dory. Dory was the one that booked me in Japan and booked me with Bill yeah. Watts. And he knew he knew that I would go to this territory, work a hundred percent, and never they will the promoter will never call him and say, oh, this uh, Hugo did this or did that. And and to me that was part of the respect of these beautiful people like the punks and 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 the guys that 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 love to help the younger the younger guys to come up and teach them the the right things, and to me it was just to be around the Briscoes, to be a, I was with Ric Flair, I was the one that took Ric Flair to the Dominican Republic and, and I took him, and even the promoters <laughs> in the Caribbean did not have the connections that I had and the next day that the end of league uh, had the meeting in Puerto Rico Fred got up, he was a champion, and he said Hugo made me have one of the greatest moments and times in my life, and for Flair to say that, that was the biggest compliment that I had because the promote the promoters could not do what I was able to do in in the Caribbean islands. I was the original pirate of the Caribbean. I would break all the rules. I had all the connections, the good stuff, the bad stuff. But when I, I took the, the the champions like Flair and uh, Bruiser Brody, Bruiser Brody and I, we almost got killed a couple of times on the islands doing the crazy parties and stuff. But but it was it was a passion of what we did, and and to me it was like. Uh, these guys, if I could just have them have the best time, and and the same thing with Andrew the Giant and and Frenchie Martin and Pierre Martin, and all these guys, it was oh, just sharing Frenchie. those sharing those sharing those Andre. moments. If you were to meet, uh, uh, yeah, give you the story of Andre Frenchie when he was the about to, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Frenchie introduced oh, me to oh. Andrew the Giant. Andrew the Giant oh. was one of the sweetest guys. You could meet, but when you were in the ring with him, it was it was crazy because Andre will chap you on the chest and he will leave a mark there for a whole month. And even though he loved you, <laughs> he he loved to see those prints of his hands on your chest. And when he laughed, he enjoyed that laughter. Even though you were crying, it hit you so hard, but you were you were enjoying it because he had a great time. That's often the uh, gentle giant, giant of glow, of course, was Mount Fiji. And Mount Fiji yeah. used to do the same thing. But she would also let us just beat the crud out of her. Um, Attaché and I did a simultaneous drop kick off the top <laughs> turnbuckle. And we left bruises on her arms like you wouldn't believe. Of course, she threw me head first out the ring. And, you know, but, you know, I met Andre the Giant in 1987. He he was uh, one of few of the men wrestlers that actually showed respect for us glow girls because we were just coming on the air. We were new. We were scary to everybody because we actually had ratings. And Andre the Giant was just a gentleman, a sweetheart, and just that gentle giant that he's so known to be. Beautiful people, beautiful people. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the thing. That's what's that's what's so amazing. And you know, it's unfortunately it's also uh, sad at the same time. And I think that power uh, outage just uh, hit less because we uh, lost him. Um, but the but the thing you know is that there are so few of these oh legendary guys that grew up in the in the true tradition of the business left anymore. And that so uh, those of us that are still here, we have to really uh, and and work you know, hard. And, you know, 
Right. You know, and, and you go and Rudy uh, chime in on this. Um, you know, we have to we have to really make sure that we pass this tradition on down to them, so that we can maybe you know help keep this revival of of the of the business going. That is true. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the young, a lot of younger guys really want that though. They, you know, they fall on that. You know, wrestling's evolved, brother. You know, they fall on that so much. You know, even though you're trying to pass on just the fundamentals, just the the found, you know, just the simple stuff, the foundation of what this business is based on, they don't, you know, they don't want to hear it now. They want to, you know, a lot of guys just want to go in a different direction, and that's fine. I understand that, but. Um, you still have to have, you know, you still have to have that foundation. You still have to have the basics. You still have to have, you know, and know and and uh, you know follow what what got us here. You know. Um, Not only yes, to mention, yes. um, you know, protecting yourself and protecting those that you're wrestling. You, you can't just go wild in the ring. You got to know what you're doing. I, I did you a know? podcast you know, yesterday. You, you, you know, you know what we got to do, and, and, and it's we got to use. The, the the modern things like Facebook to 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 guide this 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 new generation into what is what is right and that's what I do with Facebook and whenever I have the personal appearances I always take a little time to let them know that that this wrestling that they are getting into uh, it's more than just three bumps and a crowd you know applauding or getting a check. It has to be respect, and it has to be a passion. If you don't have the right. passion, then you're missing the whole point. Exactly. I, I agree hundred percent, Hugo. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. You know, I mean, you know, we have such a tradition. Our business really has been around since practically the turn of the century. Uh, I mean, I talk I talk a lot about and I've and I've talked about this in the past and I'm uh, probably one of those uh, few people that uh still, you know, if if I were able to be in the ring today, um uh, that I would, I would still, I would still be, I would still be using Carney. <laughs> right. I was, I was taught, I was taught Carney. I used Carney in the ring. I taught people that uh, that I trained to use Carney, and you know, this it's one of those things that I, yeah, I wish we would get, we would get back into more of those type of traditions. So that we can kind of keep some mystery in there, right? That's yes, true. Yes, yes. Our our business is is unique, but in order to keep it that way, we have to be responsible enough. We have to be, you know, keepers of the traditions. We have to be respectful, but we have to be strict with the new talent and let them know that they have to pay their dues. If you let them get away with it. The first time they have to do a job, they'll look at you, and and they, and 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 it, their true personality will come out, because we are building debos. We're building uh, people that cannot be uh, cannot 
cannot do a storyline where they lose. We, we're building, we're building to people that if, if you don't spend your energy just lifting them up and making them feel good, if they don't carry the championship or the belt, then they, they get depressed or they want you to, uh, to break the contract and they're going to go into another company. And it's like little babies. And this is what's hurting our industry because the fans, are, the fans are acting more, 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 the fans are acting more responsible than our, our own wrestlers. Wow. Yep. yep. I said that yesterday. I was on another podcast, and I said that very same exact thing yesterday. The fans have uh-huh. more respect to the wrestling business than the wrestlers and a lot of wrestlers themselves. And that's yep. kind of really right. sick. That's sick and sad. It's a little, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I no matter who you are, if you're new in the ring, you can't just come in and just win. You do. You've got not only have to earn the respect of your fans and your fellow wrestlers, but everybody involved. I mean, people that have trained you, um, people. You know, I mean, I I don't know about you guys. I mean, I was a heel, and well, I didn't win a whole lot of times, but I'm telling you. People love to hate me, and that was my goal. And, you know, whether I won or lose, that was a whole different storyline, you know. But you have to earn that. Yes, and my biggest biggest thrill has always been, my biggest thrill has always been to make make my opponents look fantastic. Uh, And I carry the same tradition. I I, I carry the same tradition play by play. I never let it be my ego. I, I want to do such a great job telling their story. If I could tell their story, great. And if I could, if I could call each high school, if I could, if I could get the fans to know their demeanor, what they're going through, what took them there, and what's the story, like what's the battle? Is he overcoming injuries? Is is is, is she al- already won the championship? What does it mean for her to defend against the the, the girl that 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 was able to beat her uh, last last time? I want to tell the fans. A story, but I ask questions, and I and I and I get into the match, and I love what I do, and when I know that I make I'm, I'm, I make I make the guys that that turn the story ring look good, then I feel good. But it but it should never be about oh you you are the the guy with experience in the mic and this and that. No, it's what can I do to 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 do my part to make the business look look greater. Right. So yeah, for your right. character to follow the correct storyline for everybody involved and to make, you know, and you, no matter what, when you're doing, when you're a heel and you're making someone look just awesome, and, and just like you said, if they're coming off an injury, et cetera, and you're doing your part, I mean, that's your part. And if you do your part well, they're going to shine and you're going to shine even brighter. Wow, and, and, and in your case, five years of telling a story, because because what you're doing is for a lot of people, this is their moment where they could, you know, sit back and enjoy. Maybe better veterans of our business also are, are checking us in because uh, you don't you don't have this type of atmosphere uh, around anymore. Everybody's about uh, just how they put themselves over and how great they are and how could they. Uh, kill a story by 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 telling them the finish really, and uh, you know it's about everything that is bad in our business, and it's never about wow, what is great about our business. Let's talk about uh, this this beautiful moments. What the, what these heroes of wrestling, the villains of wrestling did, 
and, 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 and I believe a lot of the younger generation, if we will spend some time, you know, teaching them the essence of, of, of our business and how we got to, to this point, that they, they will even enjoy the wrestling even more. Right. That is true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, no, uh, no question, no question there. That's just, I mean, it's a, it's a perfect description, guys. I, I can't add anything to that. You know, um, so well before you know what before we got off on this tr- on this track, we were I was uh, starting to ask about the idea of uh, character development and that. So let's kind of let's kind of go about that as far as you know, um, how you guys' characters were developed and how you know, as trainers and um, and uh, bookers yeah. and that how, you develop yeah. the, the characters of the guys that exactly. are uh, working in the ring. And if I may add, how a gimmick is born. Yeah. Wow. You know, a, a lot of a lot of stuff happens with uh, you know people sometimes are born with with certain qualities, and there's certain people in our industry that were just so good in just seeing somebody and saying, "Boy, this lady or this guy, I could make this guy this gimmick," and and it ha- it's all about that sixth sense. And I believe that when you're willing to commit. And, and you know that you got to have that guy or that girl also have the good wrestling skill. Because a lot of times they concentrate too much on the gimmick, and there's there's no solid wrestling base. And you need to have both. It cannot be just the gimmick. It has to be a well-balanced. Sure. Uh, yes. But if you manage to do that, then then the fans, you know, you could do a fantastic gimmick on the mic and the vignettes, but when the bell rings, you got to sell wrestling still. And to me, that the, the art of balancing wrestling with the gimmick, and the projection and vignettes and timing, and not push them too far ahead when they're not ready. If you take your time developing the gimmick and correcting it on its way by the reaction of the people and how you see he or she develop in the ring, because sometimes if you learn for the actual person that is doing the gimmick, you're gonna learn to even make it better. But because if, if everything is you and there's nothing original of the person that is doing the gimmick, you will be in trouble sooner or later because that person has to develop the love and passion to that gimmick or character. It's like learning how to dance with attitude. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the things that uh, I know that uh, I was uh, I was taught in my training was that uh, oh, a lot of times the uh, while while the gimmick may be that uh, you're oh, the playboy and that or you're <laughs> the oh down or the or you're or you're the uh, you know down and out homeless guy um, that the that the character is actually is you turned up to 11 and I like that I like that description wow. I think that really fits very well in, you basically into the concept me. of what we do 
Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. And turned up and to those, eleven. That's me. Yeah, and those <laughs> are the guys, and uh, those are the guys and girls that will really make us love uh, wrestling. To me, it's it's all about that gimmick has to become so real for whoever it's 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 doing the part. I mean, it, it cannot longer be just when you come into the ring. You have to have it in your mind and your heart. And when that bell rings, you better be able to project every inch of passion that you have and the fans are expecting to con- the fans are expecting to connect with you. And if you're not real, the fans will be the first ones to sense it. I don't know if you've been through the airport when they have the, the police security or, you know, with the dog that, that checks for drugs nope. and everything. And, 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 and you see that they, they prepare. They prepare the area. They tell you to go to the left, and, and he takes the time with that dog. And, 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 and I'm making this, this uh, uh, because of the fact that sometimes promoters want to push the gimmick too fast. They need an attraction, and they want to, in one month, they want to develop that, uh, that character, that gimmick, personality, and, and that is not the way to do it. You've got to go slow and start building it and adding to it and let the people grow with the character and then take it from also from the people, what they react the most, and then write down what worked, what didn't work, what is what, is what I have to do to make my character bigger, what, what areas, maybe more mat wrestling, maybe a couple of more finishing moves, maybe I need to sell a little bit more, maybe I have to express on, on what I do better, maybe I have to practice more on the mic, but you have to learn to, to, to feed that that. Character. One of the things that really got Ric Flair over is the nature, nature boy was always, always creating something different. Yet he did some of the same moves in the ring, but he kept making that glamour, that, that, that the nature, the nature boy. He kept adding to it, and he kept the fans just feeding from him, and then, and then he became bigger and bigger as a nature boy. And not, not only that, that they, they, they ate from his hands and, and stayed hungry for more. Yes. Well, we're going to play this clip now. An insatiable for him. I'm sure Hugo has heard a lot about these kind of organizations, as well as Rudy Boy Gonzalez. Tax Refund Promotions presents Professional Wrestling, a show that will not actually happen. Starring pictures of former WWE, Impact, and Ring of Honor stars that we're going to put on our poster just to lure you suckers into the building even though they will not actually be appearing. Featuring the pictures of the real wrestlers who will just be local jabronis that we're getting for a hot dog and a handshake. All this will take place inside of the neighborhood bar that we're getting for the cost of a case of beer. And the ring will be our homemade wooden ring because, no, we can't afford a real, actual, safe wrestling ring. Liability insurance, you must be crazy. We can't afford that either. I'm not getting that much of a refund check back. All we can really afford is the beer and the posters. So, Mommy, get my tax refund check ready and get it signed over to me because I want to hurry up and play wrestling promoter. Tax Refund Wrestling, not coming soon to a location near you. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. 
<laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like a promotion for something going on in Reno. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it sounds like uh, it sounds like half the promotions across Illinois. Wow. Well, and you know, if they, could, if they could only if they could only just sit back and just say, Why can we try to do it? the right way <laughs> and it, it will be so much easier and, and they will do something profitable mm-hmm. yeah. Hugo, I had a promoter here have his first show he drew 40 people and said it was the biggest success to ever hit the oh area oh my, I remember that Wow. and, yeah. and I yeah, asked crazy. him how much money he lost and he said it's perfectly acceptable for a wrestling promoter to lose money on a show <laughs> uh, well, he will wow. not stay too long, too longer as a promoter, you know. <laughs> well, if they filmed it, maybe he can show it, and forty more people will watch it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is the same promoter Hugo that thought it would be a good idea to run outside Uh-oh. of a dirty bookstore and a titty club. Yeah. A dirty, dirty, oh. dirty, dirty. <laughs> Did a I dirty, know already? <laughs> it was a dirty, dirty, dirty fucking video store. Dirty, 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 dirty. Like more than triple X. Dirty. Does that mean? I was gonna say is that four X's. <laughs> it, it it means it means the, the means the floors are sticky and you don't want to know why. That's what it means. Uh. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's all I'm saying. I I was told grandmother rules tonight, so I have to. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, because I have had to hold hold myself back a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, I mean, I'll have is, to tell you about that. And the worst, hold on, later. hold on. The worst thing, oh, yeah. Angel. The worst thing, Angel and Hugo and Rudy is he ran these shows all ages. Oh my goodness! Really? Yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's a store that, you know, with, with dirty books and dirty videos and marital items. Like, like no, no, no. Uh-uh. I, I understand. Right. Right. Yep. Well, that's all I'm allowed to say and about the place. <laughs> I, I just hope that's not where they got their wrestling from. Oh, oh, my God. Uh, Angel. <laughs> oh, well, they did have a fans bring the weapons back. That was gross and funny at the same time. <laughs> ew, ew. I don't know, okay? You you don't say that on a show I have to be clean on. Stop it. Now I can't even, I can't even, you jerk, I can't even react. <laughs> I've been told to be a good girl. <laughs> and I've done That's hard on the problem. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. The one thing about wrestling in this day and age is there's still promoters out there that couldn't promote a successful high school dance, let alone a successful wrestling show. Those promoters still that exist in 2018. Uh, hey, I. I used to promote my school dances, and it's easy, so that's saying a lot. 
Everybody thinks it's yeah. easy, and, and it's just as easy as setting up a ring and booking a couple wrestlers. It's not that easy. That's no, being a booker. That's that not being a promoter. A promoter is someone oh. who gets out there and busts his, his or her ass to make sure the product gets over in every necessary way it can. Correct. I yes, agree. And, I, and, and I believe that if you have the passion and, and you really want to do something that will become a great night for a wrestling fan, that fan will come back. Because if one thing about our wrestling community is if you give the wrestling audience a good show, be it in, in TV, radio, podcast, or a live show, our fans will promote it for you. Our fans will tell other people, and you will, and you will develop a, a clientele. Yes. Mm. Exactly. Well, and, but the other thing is there can't be so much blood and gore and violence in your product that you go to the local supermarket and they want nothing to do with you. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it also depends. It, I believe if you, I always said to people, I cannot see somebody doing a ring with fire or barbed wire or, the, uh, or, or breaking glass and all this stuff. And you see there's only like 40 people. Now, to me, there's no excuse to do that. But if you're getting, if you're getting paid... If you're getting paid great money and you have 20,000 fans, I could see how you could go to the extreme, but at least you have 20,000 fans and you're taking home some money. But when there's only 20 people there and you see these people jumping from the second uh, balcony, uh, second floor balcony into a table with, with glass and stuff, to me that makes no sense. No, that doesn't make no sense because if someone gets injured, they definitely didn't make enough money to take care of that person. No, and they did, and you're not making enough money off that payday to pay your medical bills. We've been over exactly. There. I mean, my my, there are some things that promoters asked me to do, and I looked at them like they were stupid. Like. I, I was 150 pounds, that maybe 160 at my heaviest days in my wrestling career. Ain't no way you're picking me up and throwing me through a table. Yeah, we're going to have this guy pick you up and throw you over the top rope through a table. You want to run that by me again? You can do what for how many cookies? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you'll be fine. You'll live. That's a concrete floor on the other side of that table. No. Try being 120 pounds in that happening. Ouch. Wow. <laughs> oh, yep. yikes, yeah. BG threw me out, out, of, out of the ring, over the top ropes, and threw me just a little too far past the mat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and into the, into the announcer's table you went. No, and onto the cement and almost into the lap of, of some fan. At the Riviera. Oh, dear oh God. wow! Dear God. So, yeah, well, you oh, know, uh, no matter what, you're gonna roll out of it. But I almost rolled out of it and right into somebody's lap, just like, uh, <laughs> just like that darn uh, movie that Jim Carrey did. <laughs> Which one? Got a few. Liar, liar! I think that they oh, may have put that out because I actually was. Yeah, so liar, liar! When the the wrestler ended up with his face in his lap. <laughs> yeah, 
Somehow we lost Rudy. Hopefully, hopefully he'll get back in. Um, I uh, just well, got a message I, I from uh, it, Brian. I, I hope and, it wasn't about the sticky floors. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I just I just got a message from Brian. Unfortunately, uh, he got his dates mixed up, so uh, he's not here. He apologizes, but he is going to come on in two weeks. So yeah. Weeks from tonight, Brian Blair. So you'll get you'll get all your fun time, Katie, with him. Have Yay. a blushing contest. <laughs> Yay. No, the whole thing is is he'll come on air and he'll be drinking cider and I'll be drinking wine and then half the time the show is hard cider. And, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's drinking hard cider. And half the time he'll be hitting on me and I'll hit back and he knows I'm married and I'm just like <laughs> We're not well, so telling nobody, you know. <laughs> I know. So it's just like it's like, haha, got you, haha. That's number two, haha. I got you three times, you know. So you'll say there's nothing hilarious. wrong with looking at a new car if you're not gonna buy it. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> um, well, the, the, well, the, the, I the girls are the girl. The girls are on fire tonight. I want to talk to Hugo and Angel about the dirtiest rings they've ever been in. Oh, the dirtiest ring I've ever been in. Well, you know, the glow ring was a boxing ring. It wasn't even a wrestling ring. So, so I'm lucky I can still walk today. Um, But the dirtiest ring. Um, We went to uh, Washington and I, did, I got a phone call. Hey, you want to go? Sure, sure, let's go. And it was an outdoor ring, and the people there were, like, going crazy. Something, I, I'm not, it was a white ring, so, you know, it showed everything. And, oh, Lord. And oh. Uh, half of these girls I didn't know, and we're we're waiting to to you know to start the show for the first match to go on all of a sudden it's canceled and we were all out there by the ring you know and these people are going nuts and all I could think of is well at least I don't have to wrestle on that ring so <laughs> i mean but that's that's probably the closest to a really dirty ring so you know, even when I went to Europe with the AWA, then I was uh, as Hot Rod Andy. Um, we wrestled mm-hmm. two and a half months um, throughout Europe, and even that ring was was decent. So nice, Hugo. Uh, you've been around the world and back, my friend. What is the nastiest ring you've ever come across? Wow, uh, it's it's been a couple because I worked in 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 countries where. Most of the matches were bloody matches, and just oh, there we go. Coming, yeah, yeah. Just, just coming into the ring, uh, as you were like, let's say you were selling a hammerlock and you went face first. When you got to have to be careful your face not to touch the mat because they will not clean it. That's just blood stuck into that thing. It looked like you know the theater where you have that old uh, chewing gum that has been there on the floor for like <laughs> maybe a month, and that was yeah. blood. Yeah, you could actually like smell the the horrible stench of the old blood, and and it was one of those things when you did, uh, when, when you did yeah when you when you did good stuff like good high spots and you 
do, do the max movements and re, the reversals, you were like one second faster because you didn't want your nose or your face to touch that. And then when you got out of there, you would just spend extra three or four minutes just making sure that you you wash whatever from your ear holes and your mm, nostrils and, wow. and everything. Oh, it was, man. It was, it was nasty, oh, man. but you could not, you could not oh, complain oh, because if, if, yeah. if you complain, then you were like a prima donna and, and you know, you, yeah. you didn't want to hear from the rest of the car. So it was, it was a couple of pretty uh, nasty ones. But then it got to the point where on one building, uh, I got there a little bit early, and there was such a bad smell, and they had, uh, they had put rat poisoning on this small oh. arena, and most oh. of the rats, most of the rats died underneath the ring, and three in the middle of the ring. And, oh, and, and, wow. And the, and the show, and the show was like one hour before, and I was like the first one to come in, and I made those guys clean it, mop it, and buy this disinfectant and everything, but no matter what they did, I was still thinking every moment that I was in the ring, I could just see the three dead rats in in the middle. It was just nasty. Oh. Yeah, it was nasty. It was nasty. Wow. Oh, I, rem- so, I remember when I was in in Puerto Rico in 87, and we went and saw the La Lucha Libres, right? And so the luchadors, they were all making, you know, each other bleed and in this ring, I mean, and this is before nobody really knew much about AIDS or anything. And if, if you yeah. think about it now, I mean, I, you don't see the whole blood thing happening as much as it used to. Yeah, oh, hepatitis A, B, and C, too, you know? Right. You got that to worry about as well. But, no, you guys, seriously, all the smell I can think of is a butcher shop. The smell of a butcher yeah. shop. Well, I can't the, stand the it. Oh, God. The, the I had to wait outside. <laughs> no, I had to wait outside as a kid. I couldn't, I couldn't go in a butcher shop. I'd be sick. Wow. No. Oh, I can't handle it. Oh, my mother-in-law used to make me go to the butcher for it. Oh, <laughs> it was wrong. <laughs> but anyways, this is not the butcher shop. <laughs> this is our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I know. We we were talking. We did a spot. To do with the butcher shop. Yeah. <laughs> we we did a spot about this one guy who would wait till he got home to shower. Well, one night he cut his elbow in the ring and wrestled on it, and then didn't shower. Drove two hours home, and he he ended up getting septicemia, and he lost he lost his arm from the elbow down, like just wow. above the elbow down. Yep. So yeah, I mean, and, I mean the wor- the worst I've seen um, was a full out with the full out blood um, was a couple of actually two months ago, and they cleaned that up quick. And I mean the whole like the whole ring they had to mop down, they had to mop down the outside of the ring, and everything else, bring out the mops, the disinfectant, and everybody had their tests done. So it was like, yeah, so I understand, I get it. Everybody was mm-hmm. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You still have in, in the in the Mexican luchador uh, culture. I still see because I I go there and do TV almost every two weeks and sometimes twice mm-hmm. a week we do shows for Space TV and for Twitch and uh, and you will still see the rudos, the heels. They will they will tear the mask of the baby face of the technical and then they will actually bite into the forehead and. And the, the 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 wrestler's blood it's in their mouth and they spit it out 
that, that was that was like the old times. They still do that, and the referees they they are not required to have uh, gloves. So uh, so there's still uh, that uh, Mexico bravado, even though you have the exams for your blood and all other stuff. But in the ring, they still have that culture where uh, it, it doesn't stop because you're bleeding, and they punch right over the cut is, and then they bite into the cut and it's it's, right. it's, look, it's crazy because of the danger of, of what we know could happen right now. So they take a lot. They take a lot of chances. That mm-hmm. is, that's risking your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. The, the, they are required to do to do the 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 H test and all that. But I, you know, I I just uh, my. my my thing right now is uh, I'm not against blood if you take the right precautions, and it's a, mm-hmm. if it's a big if it's a big money maker. I I, I don't want to see yeah, blood just for the heck of blood. I want to see blood if yeah. the storyline drives it to, and if the guys yeah, are making know. the money and we are making the money, so it's worth it. But to see just blood because they want to see blood. blood I, yeah, I think yeah. our society worldwide, our, you know, our worldwide, our glove community, there's so much violence to begin with that I would rather have True. the luchadores. I want the luchadores to give me that that uh, that stories of the luchadores, the mask guys, and the and the technicals flying and the and and the good and the evil and the, and this magnificent maneuvers they do. And you know, why go with the blood unless you have to? And there's there's a real reason for it, and that's mm-hmm. what we're trying to. I'm trying to do that in Mexico, and it and it has slowed down a lot, and we're drawing bigger houses too. Yeah. Wow. Do you do that you is. think that the lucha the luchadors uh, do that to the new people biting their forehead, ripping their mask off, and biting their forehead as a rite of passage? Uh, no, I oh. don't think so. I think I think it's still part of their of their culture. I, I think that that's right. part of uh, of their of their doing what they're, they're they're usually they are like a second third generation wrestler and 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 their uh-huh. their mass their mass mean a lot of money and a lot of the, the a lot of it has to do with the tradition so they are like like old school uh, competing with a modern uh, stage of of lucha and yet uh, they they want to preserve that that uh, that that culture of them were. The, the blood is part of a well. As you know, Mexico it's still one of the few places where they have the big bullfights. You know, so to right, so, it's, so you so you have the bullfights. And like uh, last Sunday, we were we were in Guanajuato, and we did the lucha libre show, uh, the Hira, the tour of the of the conquest. It's called, and it was right at the San Miguel uh, Plaza de Toros, the bull the bull arena. So the ring is in the right. middle of, of so. That is part of the culture. It's like they they are those modern heroes that are superheroes. And I'm telling you, unless you are there, you you will you will be. I mean, you will be shot because uh, the fans you will see from a little kid, from one year old to their grandfather, 90 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's not just like one generation. This is uh, right. Mexico. Mexico, the culture of Mexico, lucha is huge. It's 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 soccer, right? And then uh, and and then after soccer, it's lucha. As a matter of fact, if you see the big soccer wow. games, 
you will see the fans wearing the mask of the Blue Demons and Santos because that's part of their heritage. Correct. Sweet. Oh, yeah, and they have the mask that's for amazing. sale everywhere throughout Mexico. Yes, yes at airports. You go through, there's a restaurant, yes. and then there's masks everywhere. And, and you know, they're very successful, and, and uh, you, have to learn, you have to learn also to respect their culture. And the fans, they want to see these modern things, but yet they don't want that, that part of the culture to disappear. So we could have, like, a great, a great Triple Mania uh, 26. That was a big event. And, 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 and at the same time, we go one night where there will be three uh, grudge matches and, and where there will be so much blood that it, I'll be doing a play-by-play, and there's blood on my knuckles, on the mic, and 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 I have to like wipe my forehead because there's blood just flying wow. all over. <laughs> it, it is crazy, but that is the top uh, company there. The, the guys make a lot of money. The company makes a lot of money, so you know you have to be very careful how you you present your ideas. Because what what I want is I don't want them to rely on the on the blood culture. I want them to. To, to think bigger and bigger and bigger without without them, you know, eliminating what they like to do, but not just do it all the time for the heck of just uh, you're the luchador and, and that's what people expect because then it's like, uh, you know, what else are you going to do next time? Are you going to take the left arm off? You know, because you give you give blood, you, you're developing a violent culture, and somewhere you have to, to decide decide where you're going to right. go with it. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, it's uh, interruption time because uh, we've got uh, we got another one of our uh, guests here finally in. Uh, oh, Sam oh. Hughes. Who is it? And how you doing, brother? Yeah, nobody put him on the board either. Not Nazi. Hello, Walmart. Sam. Hi, hi, Uncle Sam. I'll text you. Welcome, Sam. Hey Sam, can you hear us? Bam, 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 banana, banana, bam, me, my, oh, ma'am, oh, damn. Katie, go ahead and go in green room with him for a little bit. Let's uh, make sure he can hear us. Then we'll go from there. Okay. All right. We're going to play one last clip for everybody while we're waiting. Okay. All right. Have you ever wanted to become a wrestler, a referee, or a manager? Well, then you got to come and join us at Welfare Wrestling. We got some of the best trainers around. They've trained at Northwest Georgia Championship Wrestling, Southwest Florida Championship Wrestling, Alabama Championship Wrestling, and all them other there championship wrestlers. And we charge $10 worth of food stamps. That our weekly show is behind Myrtle's Trailer Park, and that's what you get paid, food stamps. That way you can come and wrestle, and then you can go over to Floyd's and buy yourself that T-bone steak for $1.50. So come on down to one of our weekly training sessions, Monday nights, Wednesdays right after church, and Friday nights. Come to the training camp right behind Goober Piles Gas Station, maybe area RFD. We'll be looking forward to seeing you. Y'all come down now. He, uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I screened, I screened Sam, and I didn't get any answer. Um, let's see. Okay, I guess Steve's in the green room with him. So welcome back, folks. 
Yeah, that is one of our uh, awesomely made commercials by uh, yours truly, not me, but yours truly, Steve King. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) Yeah, I want want him to play the 976 one. That's the one I want him to play next. Yeah. All right. right. And it's clean, too. Hi there. So you want to get into professional wrestling, but you just don't know how to do it? Well, I can show you how. All you have to do is dial 1-976-R-A-S-S-L-E-R. That's 1-976-RASSLER. I'll teach you the ins and outs, the ups and downs, everything you need so that you can just explode <laughs> onto the rest of the day. Just remember that number. It's 1-976-R-A-S-S-L-E-R. That's one nine seven six Rattler. Make sure you call today. I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> Calls to one nine seven six Rattler are twenty nine ninety five per second. All major credit cards are accepted. Oh my! <laughs> you know what's even funnier? As as she's doing that, there's a 976 commercial playing on television at the very same time. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, it's even funnier than that. The season three Glow Girls actually had one of those lines. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yes. Well, it wasn't one of those lines, but it was a 976 number. Yeah, because WWE yeah. had a 976 number, too. Well, and I... I right. They, they pressed the number yeah. in for a girl, and, and it was just a taping. I really don't know because I was gone by yeah, then. Yeah, they were. Oh, I know. I, I listened to all the ones on the w, for the WWE. I raised my mother's phone bill to over $1,000. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I used to do the, Span- the Spanish one for the WWF line. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Wow. <laughs> And of course, uh, the WCW hotline, Mean Gene, 1 900 909 9900. Yeah, I racked up a couple hundred bucks calling G- Mean Gene. Oh, I never <laughs> called him, but I never called him. But one one day, Randy Savage was on the WWE hotline, and I swore to God he said my name, so I called back like 10 times in a row. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I I I raised my mother's phone bill over a thousand dollars. Okay, I was in, wow. I was yeah yeah. That, I, people, wow. I, I was I was uh, pretty grounded. <laughs> but that ass was pretty red too. I'm surprised you're not. No yeah. I'm surprised you're not still grounded. <laughs> oh, I, know, right? I said, are you still paying your mom back? I, I was about to say I'm surprised she didn't make me pay her. You know, I didn't. No, I didn't wow. extra chores. And no, my mom, my mom's idea of a punishment. I'm allergic to fresh cut grass, so she'd make me go cut the grass. <laughs> in my brand new, in my brand one time, in my brand new white tennis shoes, and it was school, first day of school, next day. Oh wow! Oh. Well, that's what you get. Yep. <laughs> you want to act now. green? I'm going to make you green. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> when I can't oh, that green, is funny. Yeah, get out there. Oh, yeah. But I wasn't, I mean, I didn't really cause too much trouble. Don't even go there. But it was little things like that. You know, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't that bad. But I was grounded a lot. <laughs> Steve, if you would, message Sam and tell him to call back in within the next uh, eight minutes. Or he'll get cut right. off. What, did he... All right. I'll try it. I'll try it. Yeah. Oh, darn. He, he, yeah, he dropped. Yeah. He yeah. Well, he was after issues. It was all staff. Katie, yeah. go refresh. I've already done it. Do Remember, it I did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. I did it. Go do it again. Ago. Do it again. Okay. Yeah, because you're, you're self. So you have to refresh. So I'm going to go refresh. I'll be back. Yes. All right. That's why we hey, can I, you should I, all use landlines. No, I'm not using a landline. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a landline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, can, well, I'd back. like to give a shout-out to some of the girls. Yes. You know, oh, we've please, got, go right we've ahead. We've got... Uh, Okay, so we've got an Afterglow 80s musical experience happening in L.A. Some of the Glow Girls will be there. And that's going to be October 23rd to the 25th. And you can go to afterglowexperience.net. Check that out. Buy some tickets. It's in the L.A. area. Um, I'm also going to be really bad here and give a shout-out to the other half of the Glow Girls, uh, the original Glow Girls, We'll be at Stanley's Comic Con because I will not choose sides on who to love. They're all my sisters. There you Ooh, go. Yeah. That's 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 awesome. That's awesome right there, Angel. We know. Yeah, um, I spend a lot of time uh, talking to uh, um, April and to uh, Janie to Hollywood, and you know, I I you know I know some of the uh, stuff that's been going on behind the scenes and so uh you being that way is very you know is excellent on uh your part and uh is definitely appreciated thank you hey, uh, uh, you know and you know what and i guarantee you i'll get flat hi and it, Sam. it's just it's so stupid it's so stupid. We're not in junior high. We're not in high school. We're grown women, and we need each other in our lives, just like family. And so yeah. that's where I'm at. I'm I'm here for everybody. I love them all, and I wish everybody the best of luck in everything they do, because we've yep. all worked hard. So, all right. Well, we finally got him in on a clean line, and uh, <laughs> yes. And he's able to join us. Sam Houston, welcome. Thank you very much. I have had one heck of a day. I've been to the Dallas airport. uh, My Heather's been to the emergency room. Just a lot of things have been going on. Oh, my. I'm having phone troubles, too. Seems like the hotter case is really good, but when your phone bounces off the top of your Jeep while you're driving down the road, it's not real good. Well, that's for never good. But the otter case is good. I just can't. I, I just don't know when somebody's calling me. The ringer doesn't work anymore. Oh, I hear the otter. Oh, damn! But I hear the otter boxes are really good, though. Yeah, well, I went to go see my brother two years after I got out of jail and everything. I went through to Atlanta to go see Jake. You know, yeah. and it was uh, over at his lawyer's house, 
and I had to slam my, I had a Cadillac, a 1991 Cadillac Sedan DeVille. I had to slam my phone in the car door three times to break it. That was a oh joke, y'all. I, I slammed it. Yeah, the door wouldn't close three times. I'm like, well, why won't it close? And I, oh, I just broke my phone, okay? It's like, how oh, many days does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? Oh. <laughs> Too many. Three. Well, you got yep. to the center. <laughs> so anyway, how y'all doing? Hey, doing good, doing good, brother. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. you know, it's a holiday holiday. Oh, we've what, been talking what? all in. Um, we've been talking uh, character development, uh, all of that. It's fun. It's funny because you talk about Jake and. Uh, on the network, I've been watching a lot of uh, Mid-Atlantic lately, and it is so funny to see Jake walking around in a cowboy hat and a pair of trunks with that yeah, is the image that I have had of him. I understand. Well, hello, are you, are you there? Yeah, we're, yeah, here. we're, we're all here. here. Oh, okay. Well, oh, you faded out on me. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, when uh, I'm driving right now. No, Jake first. Jake's first matches. Oh, gosh, he's going to kill me for this. Okay, Jake started out, he was a referee in in, uh, in Leroy McGurk's National Wrestling Alliance, Championship Wrestling. He was a referee, and his referee's name was Fred Platt, P-L-A-T-T. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So, so his name was Fred Platt. So, anyway, his first matches were in Louisiana, also, and he had a full, full blue bodysuit with a pair of black trunks. But somebody stole them in the dressing room, so then he had to get a pair of boxing shoes and a pair of uh, maroon. Red leggings and black trunks. Oh my gosh. Oh poor brother. Oh, anyway. <laughs> oh, I hope he, he's going to kill me when this story gets around. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, seeing him in, in different things like that, you know, because it's not what you're used to. No, it wouldn't be, would it? Uh-huh. Same thing happened to me on my way to Europe. They lost my entire uniform and my wrestling boots um, before I even oh, hit man. Europe. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I, luckily I had other boots with me, but they weren't wrestling boots. Right. Oh. Well, see, with me it was always easy because I wore jeans and boots to the matches. So, you know, I just, you know, just, I don't have any trucks. So if you roll in there in a pair of jeans, I, I'm good to go. And now since I now since I wrestle in, in uh, blue jeans, you know I, that's that's a little bit better, and and I don't have the embarrassing leg moments that my brother had. <laughs> well, I oh, yeah. We were not, yeah, we were not blessed with thick legs. <laughs> my sister, no, my sister made her. My sister made a remark. She saw a picture of my dad at, at the funeral, and he had a pair of wrestling trunks on. It, 
not blue jeans, and we'd never seen him in wrestling trunks, you know. And mm-hmm. Robin's remark at the funeral, what they told me was, uh, you know, she was glad that he made the decision to wear wrestling, I mean, to wear blue jeans, working blue jeans. <laughs> wow. so dad, uh, well, Dad was seven foot tall, you know, so. Anyway, yeah. Those all long yeah, I legs, think, that's all. Yeah. Well, I think I think I mentioned this to you, Sam, the first time that uh, we actually had you on. Um, back when I worked uh, backstage for uh, WCW one night, uh, uh, your dad and I happened to happen to cross paths backstage, and I and I look up and I'm like, oh my lord, that guy's that guy. That's Grizzly Smith. His head's gonna hit the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah. Well, I, I saw a letter written to, uh, oh gosh, a big promoter up in uh, in New York. It might have been Vince Senior, uh, and it was two guys in Dallas here uh, that had met Dad in 1958. And at that time, my dad measured between seven foot one and seven foot two. I'm not sure how how, but he was between seven one and seven two. I saw the letter that got him broke into the business, and that was the letter. You know, but at wow. that time, he was only like about 320 pounds. He wasn't very thick. Mm, only 320 pounds. Yeah. yeah, but he was seven foot one. you know. When you, right, when you exactly. disperse that weight over, yeah. I mean, he, he'd have looked like a thermometer, too, or if you dressed him off all the <laughs> oh yeah, my just, gosh! Anyway, oh, oh well, wow. guys, I'm I'm driving through I'm driving through the back roads of Texas, and I'm about to lose y'all. Oh no, my gosh! Well, you know, hey. but I want to I want to I want to <laughs> tell you all I love you and God bless. Oh, hey, God Sam. bless you too, yeah. Uncle Sam. Wait, hey there. <laughs> they never let me talk. Last night was worse. Oh. Um, uh, we've missed you. Much love. Get back here soon. I will. Love I you, will. I will. All right. I love you all. You take care. Hey, take love care, you, brother. Take care, man. Yeah. All God right, bless. Ah. Uh, so. Yes. I just, well, you know, now, now, I just want to say that even though we saw a lot of good things, uh, that were created around Sam Houston, I still believe that there was a lot more that he could have given us if the creative people would have had pushed him the right way because people liked him. He was one of those, uh, you know, like our next-door neighbor type of, of, of good guys that people love, and if you did an angle to turn him heel, people reacted good. I just felt Excuse like the promoters, were, yeah, the promoters were never 100% honest to give him the right push that he needed. Yeah, I I agree with you on that, Hugo. I'll, I mean, I've I, I sit back and I think you know I I watch I've you know I've watched Sam from uh, when uh, World Class was uh, in its heyday and that and it's like you know if I if I would have known at that point who he was related to. I think I would have. I think I would have been, oh, somehow 
getting a hold of uh, Fritz von Erich down in Dallas and saying, "Hey, you know, what are you doing? This is, you know, this guy has got this guy has got pedigree here. Oh, yes. I mean, this yes. is Jake the Snake yeah. Robert's brother. Give, yeah, exactly. give him Jake something, brother. So talented, uh, Sam. Uh, very talented, and I just he needed just that that promoter that could really just push him hard enough so he could show all his talents. Right. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys that were doing that were doing enhancement work that uh, definitely were better than. Oh, hang on here. Um, that were that were better than the people that they were putting over. And uh, um, I may have mentioned it on our first conversation, Hugo, but because I was so happy when they when they got their when they got a uh, got tag titles in uh, Puerto Rico, and uh, that's the uh, the state patrol. Yes. I mean, you know, in WCW, they were you know they were they were TV guys that uh, uh, all the other tag teams went. Uh, went over to uh, go ahead and climb up the ladder, and I'm watching these guys, and it's like... It's like what? It's like, man, they are are much more talented than what they're they're being allowed to show. And when I, and when I read, and when I read in the Observer that, uh, you know, they've gotten tag team titles in Puerto Rico, I'm like, yes! Finally, yeah, and they oh, and they were and they were over in Puerto Rico. They when when you when you see guys that are that 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 know what they're doing and they just need that that break that opportunity when that is given, it's like a Pandora's box opening up and just be ready to be shot and surprised. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, I mean, you know, another guy who. Uh, Unfortunately, got uh, got caught up in the uh, um, scandals of uh, the um, 19, 1980s uh, WWF was uh, Randy Orton's brother Barry. Yeah, and that's that's another that's another guy who you know really was was better than a lot of the guys that he was putting over. That's right. That. That's MP. Yeah, and people love people love to root for him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I mean I used to I used to love I used to love a lot of those guys. I mean y'all, I mean hey, Sonny Rogers, my trainer. Okay, he was a he was a well known job guy for uh, Bergania. but uh, again, was better than a lot of the guys that he was putting over. I mean, you know, I sit there and I think back to these guys, you know, Sonny, um, Kenny J, Jake the Milkman, Milliman, George Scrap Iron, Gadaski. And then when you get into uh, 1980s uh, WWF and that, um, well, I mean, the unpredictable Johnny Rods. Oh, my my name is Yes. Who can ever he, he forget was, Johnny? Yeah, he was he was one of my super medics, Jose Strada, and him were one of the top teams in the history of Puerto Rico wrestling as a super medic. 
Those guys were awesome as a team with the name of the Super Medics. Oh, yes, I remember that team name. Oh, my gosh, wow. Boy. Yeah, they had yeah, they had matches they had matches against the Young Bloods, uh, the Briscoes, uh, the Funk, Carlos Colon, and the Invader, and I mean they were just beautiful matches with storytelling and and uh, Johnny Ross going from one side of the road to the other, and then there was the tag, and Strata would come in and go for the leg, give the tag, Ross would come in, and it was just poetry in motion, just beautiful stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely I mean, gorgeous. Yeah, those two guys really, really knew how to work. Another guy that I always liked uh, was the Duke of Dorchester, Pete Doherty. I yes, mean, yes. Uh, what about, uh, 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 what was his name? His name, uh, Barry Horowitz? What was his name? Barry, Barry yes. Horowitz. Oh, oh I, can tell you a, I can tell you a Barry Horowitz story, Hugo. I actually, I actually worked with him up in Rockford, Illinois in uh, 2000. And uh, we were, and uh, he was, he was on the main event of the show. And, and we're, and, we're on it. We're on a. We're on a time deadline, because we've only got the. We've only got the gym, for, till like till like ten o'clock, I, you know, and so we've got so um, the guy that he's working, he's got him. He's got him down in a in a uh, rear chin lock, and as I'm as I'm looking like I'm checking, I I glance up at the at the clock on the wall and. I said, I said, to, I said to Barry, I said, man, we gotta, we gotta hurry up. We gotta be, we gotta be out of here in like five minutes. And Barry looks at me and he goes, "F the time." And I'm going, "Oh Lord, we're in trouble." <laughs> and believe me, I mean, we probably, we pro, I think we went until like about ten fifteen that night, and it's like, oh Lord, oh. Sonny, Sonny's not going to be happy because that's costing him. That's going to cost him more rent money, and that. Uh But you know, yeah, Barry, yeah, Barry was definitely one of those uh, unique personalities in the in the industry, and that. Yes. Uh, I liked Barry Horowitz a lot. Yes, he was a good uh, one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I loved him. Uh, I did. In, He's one of my yeah. favorites. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and of course, hey, who can forget Steve Lombardi? Oh, I was just about uh, to say the Brooklyn Brawler. The, Get the out of my head. There's Brawler. no room for you. Yeah. There's no room. Ah, there's no room in my head for you. Stop taking and stealing my lines. He does this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, yo, I mean the Brooklyn Brawler, Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. I mean, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Hercules Hernandez. Oh, he was good. He was good. What yeah. what a body. What a body. Oh, yeah. Hercules Hernandez. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I still remember. And the big chain it's, around his neck. Yeah. And such a nice guy, too. It was like just beautiful, beautiful people. Nice. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And many yeah. many people don't know that besides what the Brooklyn Brawler did in the ring and all that, behind the scenes, uh, Preparing the promos, 
uh, working and getting promos done for WWF and WWE. One of the best. Steve Lombardi, Brooklyn Brawler. I mean, he will be all over the building getting those promos done and just a hard, hard worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I liked him. I, I liked Barry O as well. He was good. I mean, I'm, I'm the same with my wrestlers I, I, as I am with my actors. I love character actors. And so which means I love wrestlers that can help tell a story as well. And they're undercredited, right? Someone's got to love them. That is true. A lot of them are undercredited. Yep. Yeah. Does anybody exactly. remember the uh, insane gimmicks that WWE tried to get over back in the early days of Raw, like Fantasio and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was Fantasio the one with the, ma- with the magic trick? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was he Fantasia. Had a, he had a red and black Okay. Case. All right. Mm. Those were some ridiculous gimmicks. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> but can't can't be any worse than than poor Kevin Nash when he had to be the wizard. No, well, can't be any worse no, he than was the Boston Booger. No, he yeah, was, he was odd. Yeah, it was it was Kevin Sullivan who was the who was the. Uh, well, the, the the toady actually for for him. Welcome yeah. to Oz. Welcome to Oz. Oh my! Oh my gosh. You know, there's some <laughs> and then Vinny <laughs> Well, you know, they were going after all those extreme characters on Glow. Right. <laughs> yeah, they were exactly. like the very the first dementia, the first dementia that was on Glow. Oh my God, she it was. It was Michelle. I'll never forget her. I mean, it was wow. <laughs> That's all I could say is wow. There's Spike and Chainsaw. <laughs> they actually had a oh, chainsaw yeah. Yeah. and a blowtorch in the ring. Yeah. You should have seen they came so many on and people's hair them. went up in smoke. You yeah. Know? Oh my. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. That's 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 like me during the hairspray era in, in when it really got bad in the nineties. Somebody we were in, okay. Our our school had a smoking area a just outside. Yeah. Right? <laughs> somebody somebody dared me to light a cigarette while I was walking to the smoking area inside school, and I did. And well, I used to wear a lot of hairspray. You could throw a brick on my head, okay, and it would bounce. And yeah, my hair went up like my my hair went up like Michael Jackson, and my hand came wow. down oh. just as quick, and my hair just bounced wow. back. My hair bounced back and was smoking. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Just That's like boring. all that darn glitter they used to wear. I inhaled so much glitter. Oh no! Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, nobody should inhale that much glitter ever. <laughs> or, hairspray. or hairspray. Or hairspray. Yeah, yeah, I wore a lot of hairspray. But the worst thing about hairspray was washing your hair the next the next day in the shower, and it would all go in your mouth, and you'd have to taste it. It was just wrong. Oh. Uh. Yeah, because oh, yeah, I use because right. I I used to use mousse, spray gel, and, and hairspray in that order, and Aquanet to tease my hair up. Yeah, <laughs> Aquanet. Oh, Aquanet. Yeah, and if you kept it in your purse, it was a wonderful uh. weapon as long as you had a lighter. <laughs> that is <laughs> true. Uh. That's right. Hey, you, hey, you go. You you remember you remember using all those nice hair care products back in the day, don't uh, you? <laughs> yes. Oh yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know, you know, with us, 
You go. <laughs> oh, okay. You go. You still I with was, us? Yes, I was my yes, sister's. Okay. Yeah, I, I was, was my sister's. sister's sorry, honey. Go ahead. Yeah, I was okay. just I was just flashing back because when uh, I was kind of an expert on that because uh, for a couple of years I was I was Joyce, Joyce Grable's boyfriend, and then I was married to Wendy Richter for five years. So That's right. When, you were married when, to Wendy Richter. Yeah. When you're married to a, to a, when you're married to a lady I wrestled wrestler, Wendy Richter. Yeah, when you're married to a lady wrestler, you learn stuff uh, that you will never otherwise learn of the techniques that women use for makeup purposes and how to get ready right away and all the things that the lady wrestlers are such experts mm-hmm. in. What, whatever it takes, like anybody, 30, 40 minutes, they will do it in two minutes. Makeup here, there, while yeah, they're driving, in the plane, everything. It's just a crazy, talented uh, really? people. I had a lot of hair. I have a lot of hair, okay? So, and, and it's naturally curly, and if I don't keep it a certain length, it won't hold a curl. It's set too heavy. So, yeah, I can get ready from shower, dressed, makeup, and hair within 35 minutes flat. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Done. Well, I know back in the now Hugo, Hugo, weren't you married to Wendy Richter in the late eighties? Oh yeah, she wore yeah. a lot of makeup. And yeah, mid to late eighties. Yeah, that was the time that Cindy Cindy Lauper was managing her, and the rock yeah. and wrestling connection began. And, and she also wrestled a, with Pal because I wrestled against her as Hot Rod Andy um, with wow. Pal, and we in Houston, Texas. Matter of fact. I believe it was 88. Yeah, I think it was the yes. year was 88. So, yes, that was it was a long was, time ago. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, we took, we took in Puerto Rico, we had a home in Puerto Rico, and we had a home in Crystal River. And one day, uh, Cindy Loper and her boyfriend there at that time, oh. Dave Wolf, yeah, they went to Puerto Rico, and we took them to the rainforest. And at that time, well, you know, everybody was doing, like, marijuana and all kinds of stuff. But I said to Cindy right. Oprah, I said, this stuff that I have, it's, uh, it's, it's a mixture of the Hawaiian uh, seed with one uh, of, of Colombia, and it's really powerful. And she didn't believe me, and, and she smoked that in a rainforest called El Yunque in Puerto Rico, and she freaked out because it was so strong. <laughs> that she just kept she kept seeing things where there was nothing happening and and it was right in the middle of the rainforest and her boyfriend Dave had to cover her mouth because she was screaming and everything it was like that was like the first time that I met her it was like oh my god this is this is a little bit dangerous here in the middle of the rainforest but yeah yeah wow was, uh, yeah at those times they had parties that you know were crazy back then it was just a whole different. Ball game. You went oh, to I a know. party. Oh, and, I know. Yeah. You will see from uh, what's the what's the name from the the group, the music group, the Bengals, and uh, yeah. Meatloaf, Meatloaf, and and oh, just Meatloaf. everybody, just, just just everybody. People play the piano, and there were some people doing coke, and some people were doing this and that, oh, yeah. and marijuana and drinking, and the the bathrooms were like uh, you, the bathrooms were used for everything. But number one and number two. So, you know, if you really needed to go, you might as well go to the bar oh, across man. the street because you were not going to be using those bathrooms. But, you know, those were, those were part of, the, of, of, that, of that era. Oh, that I was, hear you. It's, yeah, it started the Russian Wrestling Connection, yeah. Vince wanted me to, oh, yeah. to work for him back. 
he wanted it to work back then for him, but I said to him, and I, I say that story in my book, Atangana, Ring of Temptations. It's in Spanish. That's why I'm not plugging it in English. It just came out like a month ago. But I, when I translate it, I'll let you guys know so you could push it and Thank plug you. it for me. It, it's great stories. You but got I, it. I, said to Vince, I, said, I said to Vince when he wanted to hire me, I said, Vince, uh, this is not practical because Wendy is your champion, and if you get upset with her or with me, you're going to fire the two of us, and then my household is going to have no checks coming in. And, 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 and you know what? It was the truth because the, the people think that a Montreal school job was the, the first one. And no, it was the Mula, Lady Spider, and Wendy Richter, Madison Square Garden. That was the first screw job before the, the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Montreal screw job. And that's when, yeah. uh, My. Uh, that's what, that's what uh, she got fired. And if, if I would have been working for him back then, the two of us would have been fired because, you know, after they screw yeah. your wife up with money deals, you're not going to be working for him. And, and you know, I was right. Nope. I, called, I called the shots right, and, you know, things worked out good at the end. And, you know, they, they, they inducted her to the Hall of Fame. I worked for him 17 years. I think I always say life is about the right time at the right time, at the you know, the right place, and it'll work. Yes, that is true. Indeed. Yeah. So, oh, hey, back to your Cindy story. The next, yeah, the next uh, white girl that came along, did you give her dirt weed? <laughs> dirt weed. Dirt weed. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I remember, I remember yeah. when, when uh, in 87, I was at the NAPTI convention, and I was, I was a glow girl at the time, and I sold the glow show to Puerto Rico. They were, they were getting their first um, cable station. They were going from Channel 7 to Super Siete, and it was yes. me, Mount Fiji, uh, Tina Ferrari, and Matilda the Hun, and just the four of us went to Puerto Rico, and we got there, and we were staying. I can't remember the producer's name, the promoter's name, but we were staying in his condo, and because it was on the beach, you know, there was sand in the condo, and the girls didn't like it, and and so, you know, they did their thing, and they left, and I stayed behind for 10 days, and the photographer took me all around Puerto Rico, and we partied our butts off for 10 days, and then I went home. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun in Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that was that was. I, I'm 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 from Ecuador. I'm from Ecuador, but I made my career in the Caribbean islands. For the main ones mm-hmm. from uh, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico was my home base, and as a pro- producer and uh, and the, the the guy in charge of of doing the shows, the interviews, and the play by play, they used to send me to Jamaica and all those other islands to prepare nice. the, the the area. For the show, so you know you were in paradise. Though you know that's what I told Vince. I, you know, I don't want to work for you. It's not not because I don't I, I don't want to. It's just that I'm actually in paradise because my 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 whole year I was from Panama to to Jamaica to Barbados, Dominican Republic, St. Croix. I wrote that was wow. the places that I worked, and the company would pay for you to go and do publicity. So I do radio, I do TV promos, and then you know the rest of the time I was I was in paradise. So to me it was like. Uh, why should I go back to what I did before? Because I broke in driving, you know, 500 miles right. to one show. I worked from Louisiana yeah. to Amarillo to New Mexico. I said, what? Now I'm getting older. I don't want to go back and do the same thing 
Because back then, at the beginning, it wasn't like now where you you know you fly everywhere. You were still doing a lot of a lot of driving, and and I wasn't really uh, in favor of that. So so to me, the Caribbean right. Islands was was just beautiful. And and now I'm 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 getting that office only, and I, I want to do what the Grams, the uh, Eddie and my Grams did for years, Florida Championship Wrestling. I'm doing it with New Generation Championship Wrestling. We have a, we have we're gonna have a fourth show. It's from the red. It's it's now in green, so we're not losing money. We'll have TV soon, and and my deal there is, uh, I don't know. If we have talked about this. I'm also a pastor and an evangelist, and my wife and I, we travel the world, That's and awesome. we have a, a yeah, we have an orphanage in Haiti. We have youth ministries in in Bolivia. So I work. I do wrestling shows. I do work. I do work. I do wrestling shows. I do TV shows, and twenty percent of everything that I make goes into helping these uh, beautiful people around the world. And that company in Florida, half of the earnings that we do there, it stays in the area, and we, we give that to help the, the young kids that are in drugs, in prostitution, and we, you know, and that's the same thing that we do in the Dominican Republic. And a we, lot of human we, trafficking. We, yeah, yes. We send around, this year we send around 100 big boxes. They charge us $100 per box, and it's big boxes. So no matter if you put medicine, food, and nice. we preach, we preach, but we feed people. We give them clothes, we give them medicine, uh, and so we do the whole the whole nine yards. So I do wrestling, and I do that, and basically uh, the show that I was telling you, the, the Mysterio Mania show, where I have Rayback, and I have uh, MVP, and Pagano, L.A. Park. I just announced uh, uh, the Lucha Underground champion, the uh, Martinez. I got Son of L.A. Park. I got Johnny Mundo. I got uh, Taya. I got uh, Ivelisse from Lucha Underground. I mean, I got uh, Juventud Guerrera, uh, Bret Hart's nephew, uh, yeah. Teddy Hart. And after we pay the talent, 100% of the money, after we pay the talent, will go to help the victims of the hurricane. Maria, I'm just mm. thankful that God God gave me a second chance 21 years ago, 21 years ago, and now I I I do all what I do, but it's always to how can I help people? Because I should have been dead long time ago, but 21 years ago. So when you get a second chance, I hear you, life, brother. Yes. So now I am more into what can I do uh, to make my wife happy, to be good daddy to my kids, to my grandkids, and how can I be uh, a good person and help others no matter what color they are, what nationality, if they like me, if they don't like me, you know, it's how can we help them and that's what I do. That's awesome. awesome. God bless you. Oh, indeed bless you. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah. Got to love got to love it. I mean, you know, that's that's the great thing you go. I mean, you're doing Oh, not only what uh, you're supposed to do, but at the same time, it allows you to do what you love to do, and that is, you know, that's that's such a that's such a rare combination. So, you know, you you are you are in a in an amazing position, my friend. Uh, yeah, not everyone it, can yeah. find that within themselves. You're very very lucky, and and definitely. Keep that going. I mean, that's awesome. If you're ever on the other side of the states and uh, you contact me, that's awesome. I mean, I, I'll do anything to help. Thank you. Thank you very much. And you'd be surprised. And I say to people, 
I do go to the jails and I talk to the to, to the kids and to the girls, and I, I even go to the toughest countries uh, where where the the inmates control the jails, and I and I preach and we give them food, and I go to places where there's more guns inside than outside, and 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 I'm able to. I'm able to hug them. Uh, for that day, to they allowed me to bring good food and whatever people they allowed to come and hear me. Uh, we we try to to show them love that you know we all make mistakes. I'm not there to judge them. I'm just there to say you know there there are people still around that that love people and 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 we just want to give you a good word that uh, you know don't give up and if you're doing something bad. Even in jail, you could be a difference if if you if you want to do the right thing. So that's what we're doing. You know, we're, we're trying to be real and trying to be helpful, and we invest. On, uh, like I said, twenty percent of my money goes right into that. I don't depend on a big church inviting me. Uh, we pay usually for our airplane tickets, and I could go to the poorest country and do my thing, or they could invite me and you know treat me and give me an offering, whatever. But uh, I don't depend on, on that. I depend on just the love that God has put on my heart. And, and that's what I'm doing with the wrestlers. And I go to countries, and sometimes we put wrestling shows, and we do it for free. And then we just have the wrestlers give the kids uh, a good advice, hug them, and, and just tell them, you know, don't give up on your dreams. And that's, it's all about uh, leaving a good impression what? of them so, so they, could, they, could, they could try and and come out of those bad experiences. They, they, some of them having raped when they were five years old. Some of them, uh, uh, you know, their own parents have thrown them out or sold them to other people. And we're there to just, uh, you know, love them and, and take care of them. We buy them clothes. We give them food. You know, what, whatever we need to do uh, just to, to, to let them know that there are people that, that still believe in helping others. That's great. Oh yeah, that's that is so awesome. That is so awesome. I I love I love this. You know, and that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, I think a lot of times our industry gets a bad rap because everybody sits there and thinks, oh, you know, these wrestling people, they're a bunch of you know, greedy, money grubbing so and sos, and that. But in reality, probably. We do more, and this isn't you know us bragging on ourselves. It's just it's just a fact. Um, I think I think a lot of times we do more for other people than we actually even really do for ourselves. And not to um, mention, there's more amen. poor wrestlers out there than there are rich wrestlers. Yes. Oh, that's true. Yes. That is so yes. true. Yes, yeah. uh, but it's 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 such a good it's such a good feeling when you know that you've done the right thing. And to me, it's like uh, not just going to these countries and producing wrestling, uh, but how can I hug one of the boys and and just let them know you're awesome and just don't give up. And if I know they're drinking, you know, slow down with the drinking, get more into the gym, you know, go with protein. I said you have a you have so much talent, you know, don't let that take you in the wrong direction because I said it, it's foolish to spend three hours a day at the gym and then after the show you get drunk and get high until four in the morning you know and uh, you're mm-hmm. putting all this bad stuff it's it's not the right thing I said I'm not going to 
preach to you, but I, I love you, and I just want you to do better. And that's all we could do. But at least, you know, I don't want to wait till like, see him on a newspaper uh, ad or whatever, or at the news at five. Oh, this famous wrestler died, and I was right at the restroom. I never had, never took the time to hug him and said, you know, you could do better, and, and I know you could do better. You know, at least try mm-hmm. to, to, if we don't try to touch people the right way and give them advice and help them, and sometimes just hug them. So people are in need of just a hug. There, there are, some of our boys are, have a lot of fame, a lot of money, but they're hurting. They're hurting so bad, and I, I was a drug addict, you know, and I know what it is to, to be an alcoholic, uh, you know, guy and all that, and I was in jail and everything. But, you know, uh, when you have that second chance in life, uh, money and fame are, are, are it's not what it's not what's gonna drive you and make you happy. And that's why sometimes you see artists and famous singers and comedians and actors that they commit suicide and you say, What happened? And it's that fame and money will never make you happy. It might help some of of, of your life uh, situations, but if we don't have the, the if we don't take the opportunity to just tell somebody, Hey, I, I love you, let me hug you and you know, you could do better. And I learned that because I had lost a lot of my friends that had the money, that were famous, and they never even reached 35 years old, and, and, and they died, you know. So, so you, you know, how, how much more do we need to see our guys, you know, dying, our girls dying before we, we reach out and say, hey, I'm here anytime you need me, 24 hours a day, I'm here for you, and I love you, and, and Jesus loves you, and, 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 and you could yeah. do something with your life. You know, sometimes we just have to keep it real. That's all. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's that's one that's one of those things that I think a lot of times because we're in a business where everybody is a character, everybody has a gimmick, you know, and people aren't themselves at least you know out in front of the public, and that. Uh, a lot of times, those characters and those gimmicks, we tend to we tend to bring them back into the locker room with us and around the guys that we you know trust our trust our our bodies and our lives to, and that yep. you know, and all of the bumps and bruises aren't always on the outside. Yes, yeah. and I want to I, I, I want to congratulate you guys on keeping it real and and five years of great work. It, uh, trust me, I do this stuff for for a living. And uh, as as I'm signing off in a few minutes, I will get ready to do my midnight thing that I do on Facebook Live. My page has 500,000 followers. It's called Lucha Libre Online, and we help people. We do shows to help people with cancer also, and uh, like I said, the show I'm running in Puerto Rico is for the victims of Eric. So I, I do a lot of stuff that it's, a lot of it is not for me. It's to help people, but I use that time to always give people advice. I will go live at midnight on Lucha Libre Online. It's called Criaturas de la Noche, which translates to Creatures of the Night, and uh, at midnight, I'll start talking to them about wrestling, you know, what's going on, you know, the worst rating in Raw, this and that. Becky is doing fantastic. Finally, a, 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 a real girl wrestler has the, the championship. And from there, we get to the questions from the fans. And I get people from Australia, from uh, uh, Chile. And a lot of them a lot of them say, can you, can you 
pray for me. There's kids that are hurting out there, 14, 15 years old, that, are, that have fallen into, you know, drugs. And they need for somebody to just tell them, hey, you could get out of this and you could make it. And, you know, if that sounds crazy, I'm willing to pay the price. But, you know, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I could do it, I will keep on doing it. I'll mix the wrestling with, uh, with good advice and I'll go live, like I said, at midnight. And people say, are you crazy? Who, who in the world goes at midnight? There's a lot of people that are sleeping at, at midnight and wrestling unites us. And with wrestling, they open up. And I said, I've been drinking too much and I got divorced and this and that. And I said, hey, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor, but I'm your friend. And Hugo Savinovich loves you. And come on, get to the gym. Don't give up. And I pray for them. And I said, I'm going to be in Colombia. Like, I'm going to be in Colombia in November with AAA. Uh, and I already got, like, at least 30 people that uh, I'm going to meet with them. Uh, some of them have drug problems. Some of them have depression problems. Some uh, are, 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 are into just horrible, horrible, uh, you know, crazy behaviors. And uh, I said, hey, let's get together and chat for a little while. And, you know, I won't buy you alcohol, but I'll. I'll buy the sandwiches and, and some sodas, and we'll talk, and we'll, we'll hug each other, and we pray for each other. and So that's part of my big, uh, big event in Colombia. I'll probably have 10,000 people at the arena, but my biggest thing will be talking to those 20, 30 people that will get together. That's my, that's, that's my, my, my appointment, to, to do these things that, that could touch people, and, and then they could feel better, and then they could help other people. Oh, it's helping people to help others. So uh, I love you guys. I pray that hey. God will give you another five great years and then five more. And thank you for loving our business, our industry, and keeping it real and being so crazy and so passionate. And, and uh, it's always an honor to be uh, spending with you guys some time. And i got to sign off because i got to get ready for my own show. But okay. thank you very much all for right, uh, inviting me. All and I'm right. here for you guys. Here you go. I'm here Thanks for you guys for anytime, out. all right? You go. All right, thank oh, you yeah. so much. Thank you so Good much, night. brother. Appreciate it. Just all right. Adanaga. It's time for me to sign off, too. Congratulations on the last five years and making it this far, and let's hope for another five years and five years after that and five years after that. Another shout-out for the Afterglow Girls and musical experience. Go to afterglowexperience.net. And for the other side of the world of glow, all the other girls will be at Stanley's Comic Con in L.A., I believe, that's October 25th, 26th, yeah, 27th, yeah, I'm think, not sure. I think, that, I, think that, mm-hmm. I think that's right from what I recall from April, so yeah. Okay. And thank you for having me on your show. Thanks. Love you guys. Um, and, love you more. Love you too. Have a good love night. Love you too, girl. You guys. Yeah, right. We'll talk to you Take later, care. April. All right. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon. Night-night. We will talk uh, I think this has ended a, uh, been a great way to end a five-year anniversary, so we're not well, going to get into it. Well, not completely over yet, Sean. Remember, we've got we've got Throwback Thursday and Flashback Friday, so uh, we're going to have uh, we're going to have our uh, we have our two night two uh, um, D celebration um, tomorrow night at. Uh, um, 10, 9 central time, you'll be able to uh, 
listen to night one and Friday night at uh, nine eight time you'll be able to listen to night two. So, you know, while we're done broadcasting live, the shows aren't going to end. So, you know, make sure you exactly. listen into those. Yes. And with that being said, uh, I'd like to thank everybody for the last five years. Here's to another great five years. Season five comes your way next here. week. Find out yep. who is going to be here by following our Facebook page. Two weeks yep. from tonight, B. Brian Player will return. Yep. And I just got a line. I didn't. I didn't tell anybody this, but I just got a line. Uh, I got a response back uh, right before we went on air from uh, somebody who is part of a very famous wrestling family. Um, somebody oh. who uh, we spoke to uh, one one of their uh, relatives a while back. And so uh, we're gonna so we're gonna get we're gonna get something lined up to where we can where we can talk to this person and I'm just I'm just gonna leave it wide open at that let uh, let everybody including uh, Sean and Katie speculate on who I'm talking about. Asshole. You asshole. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Oh, big time. Hold on a you second. gotta I love got me. You gotta love me. I do. I love you. I love you. But well, I gotta whip you. Yeah, yeah. baby. <laughs> tonight was well, we've talked about awesome. we've talked about flicking your bean last night, and tonight oh, we cool. talked about the dirty, 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 dirty bookstore. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, and, and then Sean baiting me to, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and the floors are sticky, and you don't want to know why, and that's all I can say, because we're on the bill after rule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Except the show is now over, so, yeah. you know what Angel time it is? Angel enjoyed that. <laughs> you know what time it is? She don't have to go home, but you sure as hell can't stay here. Good night, Good night. everybody. Good night. Good night.
some other beginning Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.